Hello and welcome to episode 15 of NPS We Trust. My name's Davey and joining me as always is Phil. Let's go boys. And Spencer. What's up? We're a fortnightly PlayStation podcast and we each bring one topic of discussion to the table to go in depth on. But first, before we get into that, boys, what are you drinking? Right, I always start this. Today in the document I wrote surprise. Oh. Because as we know, I like the buds. Last episode, I changed it up. I was drinking ciders. Today, I have a crate of buds, but I won't be drinking any of them. But why is that, Spencer? That's because I got a new glass today, and I thought I'd like to use it. It's a PlayStation Trophy glass. And also for my birthday, I got a bottle of Jim Bean Honey Whiskey. Oh, oh very lovely. Nice. Very nice. And I'm drinking that, and it is divine. Are you drinking that straight, or have you got some sort of mixer with that? Crackhead fam. I'm drinking it with Pepsi Cherry. Oh, oh my God. You, I tell you it's what, good. you were on you were on an absolute storm at the minute. It's to good. go from Budweiser, right, like a, a 6 out of 10 at a push, all the way up to, I wouldn't even go that high, maybe a 4, to go all the way up then to a recorder leg, and then to be settling here with a nice Jim Bean honey. Oh, That's and good. combine it with Pepsi Cherry, the best variation of pepsi bro what's bro. happened to you what has happened in your life has made you turn this corner and realize that there's more out there as a taste sensation well i mean i drink other stuff anyway it's just buds i always buy alcohol for the podcast last minute buds or this littles across the road it just closed down so that's not an option anymore so i'd always go in there buy a crate of buds and that'd be me sorted but now it's closed obviously i got some booze for my birthday for, what's the point? I did get the buds for my birthday as well, but I thought I don't want to drink those. Why would I drink those? I drink buds all the time. I want yeah. something new. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I, I love whiskey as well, to be fair. I do love whiskey. That is a solid choice. I, I'm proud of you, man. I'm Thank proud you, of you. Also, I do, if, if a button, if I end up pushing a certain button, I do also have Fireball downstairs. You do know, we can talk Resident Evil at this stage. Oh. We're, we're not... There's no I know, but I'm just saying, I mate, I'm, I'm on my tippy toes. I ain't trying to push it. When, when does that button come into play, then, David? After what we've been playing. So we've got a little while, but there is one element of danger later on into the podcast where there was the Resident Evil showcase that was shown. <laughs> and obviously, for that, for that section of the news, the Resident Evil button isn't active, so we'll be fine with that. For those that don't know, the Resident Evil button was introduced a few episodes ago, and the whole purpose of it was that every two minutes, even myself, Spence, or Phil would mention Resident Evil. And it got to the point where we decided that we had to stop ourselves from doing it. So, we introduced the Resident Evil button. Because otherwise, this would be the Resident Evil podcast. It wouldn't be the PlayStation podcast, you know? It would be the Resident Evil podcast with a sprinkling of Death Stranding and a little bit of The Last of Us now and again. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, if anybody mentions Resident Evil outside of what we've been playing and in this episode outside of context i think just outside of context yeah no 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 because you can't use context context as a as a rational reason because phil tried to argue that last time and he still got punished now last episode both me and phil took a punishment mine was willing phil far from willing far from willing i wasn't gonna tip the dregs of a can over my head (laughs) two weeks ago i had long flowing locks down to my shoulders and i wasn't getting that wet 
because anyone with long hair knows it takes a long time to wash hair. But now I've had a fresh fresh fade, so potentially I would prove that by tipping the can over my head that I have finished my drink this episode. If it happens, if it happens, which it won't, I hope. I see, because see I will not mention the game that shall not be mentioned, even though in this opener we probably mention it 20 or 30 times already. <laughs> you, you've, got, you've got no worries at the minute, but it's just hold on to that same ideal later on. So, Phil, speaking of what you've been drinking and what you are going to drink, what are you on today? Well, Davey, I've dug deep on this one. I've looked into all the different brew dog flavors, varieties that I've got downstairs on the chopping block. And yeah, that's where we keep our lager and our, our alcohol. It's on a chopping block with wheels, so you can wheel it in and out of the kitchen and out of the living room. You could be sitting there with your feet up. You could be like, Laura, pass me a beer. <laughs> well, she just wheels it in, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What would you like? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And as we all know, she listens to this, so brilliant. Thanks for that, Davey. So we just shortened his life expectancy now <laughs> by uh, by quite a number of years. You don't have too long left, to be honest, Phil, anyway, so probably doing you a favour, mate. I'm, ju- I'm just getting into my prime now, 36, 37. I reckon that's probably where I'll peak. Downhill after that. So what did you find then, going through your little catalogue of uh, of nonsense beers? I've gone for a brew dog, Hoppy Xmas. It's the festive IPA, so... Merry Christmas to you, lads. That's what I've started on tonight. Perfect time for it when we're having a bit of a heat wave here in the UK. Absolutely lovely time for a bit of Christmas ale. But what are you washing that down with then? Because we might talk about a game which we cannot mention, and there seems to be a running theme about blood and wine, I thought I'd go back, crack a bottle. So I've got a 2019 Melbeck that I'm going to be sampling a little later. Um, Part of the M&S dining for all the British listeners. I know the I know the American uh, listeners. There's quite quite a few these days. Probably won't won't have heard of Marks and Spencers in the UK. They're basically just the the kind of poshest food outlet you can you can buy from on the high street. Really, one one they? of right. There's Whole Foods, isn't there? Whole Foods is number one. Then you've got Waitrose. Then you've got M&S. That's my oh, top three. I think you'd put Waitrose above M&S. I would. I really crazy, would. Man. That's crazy talk. I haven't been to Whole Foods. So that probably shows how upmarket they are. I've never even set foot in there. They wouldn't let you in, mate. They'd take one look at you and they go, no shirt, no shoes. You're not allowed in, mate. <laughs> out! Get this scum out of here. Well, I've taken a bit of a regression this podcast, right? And I, I gotta say, I'm not, I'm not proud of myself. So first off, I had a selection of beers come through from BrewDog. And my thoughts on BrewDog have been quite public throughout this entire podcast. You're on the nonsense uh, alcohol tonight, are you? I am. I am, unfortunately. The offer was too good for me to resist, all right? So it was like a free box of beer, of eight different beers, and you wouldn't have to pay postage. And I I mean, that's probably how BrewDog get their customers now. They have to give their lager away. The lager I got, I've tried a couple already before this podcast went live, and they're awful. Who thinks putting grapefruit in a beer is a good idea. I have no fucking idea. But I've got this one here, which came with it, which is a, a Talas and Simcoe Session IPA. I'm, I'm not about the flavoured lagers, but as we know from the previous episode, we can send horrible alcohol to Spencer and he'll drink it. Because he had a, a 99... What, what was it last episode you were drinking, Spencer? Because that was, sounded disgusting. Yeah, it was called the Double 99. It was a 9.9 ice cream flavoured 
lager and I, I had two sips of it. I won't drink it. <laughs> it was disgusting. Well, I was going to say, if you want, right, I, I, I'm i going to try the grapefruit. Um, grapefruit? Was it grapefruit? It was grapefruit infused IPA. The grapefruit IPA. infused IPA. I'll give, it, I'll give it a taste. But if I don't like it, it's, it's free to whoever. So, Spence, if you don't want to take it, if you do want it and you are listening to the podcast, email in, tweet us, let us know, and I might donate it to you. The problem is it would be an open can. So it well, would be the... a full jiffy bag full of, full of liquid that just sploshes through your letterbox. Classic. So, Davey, the can you're drinking tonight, that's not actually from BrewDog, is it? It's, it's part of their offering as their um, sub, uh, subscription service. Yeah, and, and this one actually looks really good. So I am quite interested in trying this. It's called Cloudwater, and it is a lovely, lovely colour. I love, like, a nice baby blue. And oh, so yeah. I've got that. Now, this is where it goes downhill, all right? Now, I'm not having a crisis, okay? But Budweiser is cheap. One of right? us. One of us. Ugh. <laughs> oh. So, Davey, let me, let me just interject here, right? Deep breath. You take the piss out of Spence for drinking Budweiser. Call it a 4 out of 10. You have a go at me for drinking the nonce alcohol. <laughs> non- it, well, I, I was calling it a nonsense, but, you know, we, if we want to call it a nonce beer, we can call it a nonce beer. I'm quite happy with that. That's fine. But, but tonight, you've combined the two. <laughs> so what does that make you? A oh, four makes... times nonce, doesn't it? Oh, it's bad. It's not, it's not good. I can't even defend it either. Like, I know, it's bad, it's bad. But, in my defence, Budweiser was £9.90 for 20 bottles on Amazon. I mean, you'd have to be mental to pass that up. And so that's what I'm on tonight. So I'm combining two of the things I hate the most into one fucking awful experience. Two things you hate the most, agreeing with me and agreeing with Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's bad all round, it's bad all round. Now, I've got something different for you guys today. Normally, as you know, audience phil normally puts an accent on me and i'm changing it up a little bit here he makes me phil forces me into the corner and says do an accent like some kind of dancing monkey right well this episode i'm going to give them a choice budweiser as we know is an american beer now most of our listenership outside of the uk is american now you've got three different choices here for accent i'm not going to tell you what they are you've got option one Option two, or you've got the mystery special guest voice. Which would you prefer to hear? So we got nothing else to go on other than one, two, or the, the mystery box. Very bullseye of you. What's behind door number three? The speedboat. And where do you live? Birmingham. <laughs> great. Great. <laughs> that, thanks for that. Yeah. Speedboat in Birmingham. Brilliant. So what are you thinking, boys? What do you want? Do you want option one? Option two? Or do you want the mystery guest voice? Go on, Spence. Ladies first. Ah, uh, I want to guess what the voices are. Can I guess after after you, you after we pick? Sure. All right. Uh, I want I want the mystery voice. What about yourself, Phil? Number one. There's not much to go on, is there? Really? Well, we're on a bit of a fucking tie, aren't we? So well, do you meet us in the middle? Go for number two. Okay. Why don't you just do them all now, and then later on we can have a Twitter vote or something to say which was the best. If, okay. if, if that plays to your ego, Davey, let's do that. Come on. This is all this is. I'm just going to do the one that I wanted to do, which is my mystery one. All right. I was just kind of hoping you'd pick that. What about voice number one? Nah, nah, nah. It's nah. definitely going to be either like Snake or Nemesis. Or he's, fucking, he's fucking cracked it already, isn't he? All right, here we go. Phil. Spencer. This is Snake. I'm sitting here enjoying a, a nice bottle of Budweiser. 
What do you think, boys? Happy with that? Why'd you say it to the head of Xbox, mate? <laughs> no, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's been two weeks since the last podcast. What have we been playing? Spencer, last episode in episode 14, you mentioned about how you just finished up with Resident Evil 3 and you were hoping to get Resident Evil 4 done by the time this podcast launched. Have you got it sorted? Did you manage to finish Resident Evil 4? And if so, what are your thoughts on it? I finished RE4. I finished the game. Nice. It's a good game. It's a great game. Really fun. Uh, a bit long, but that's fine because it's not boring throughout. Should I be worried, Spencer? No. Good. I'll, I'll wipe that grain of sweat off my head. Resident Evil 2 still top then? I mean, yeah, obviously. Perfect. Resident Evil 4 it, it's, it's a brilliant game. Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Me and you. It's a brilliant game, RE4, but where's the puzzles? Where's the fear? Where's the emotion? Where's, where's that feeling of not wanting to progress? Because I'm too scared. Granted, I didn't really get that in 3 either, but it was more than I got in 4. 4, playing through it, felt like they could have named it anything. It didn't have to be Resident Evil. It could have been freaking Gears of War. Could have been freaking literally anything. Just change the enemies to aliens or change them to whatever, just random people with guns. And it's just the same game, but with a different name. That's all it is. But for what it is, it's brilliant. And I understand why it's people's favorites, especially if it's their first Resident Evil game. But for me, being a fan of 1, 2, and 3, it's not a Resident Evil game. It's just not. I think I can agree on agree with you on that fact that, you know, if if you enter the series at 4 and thought that's what Resident Evil was, you would absolutely love Resident Evil. You'd be sold on it and you would think this is a brilliant game. But I think yeah. if you started on 1, 2, possibly 3, like Davey, then you played 4. I started with one, thank you very much. Back I always, on the I always, th- I always thought you started with three. No, three was just my favourite in right, the early days. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. no, I started with, I started with Resident Evil One. I got it as the platinum. You know when they did like platinum yeah, versions yeah. of the games, yeah, platinum games. Yeah. yeah, I had a couple of platinums back in the day. I, I probably had more platinum too. games than I got platinums now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's without a doubt. Very true. But what I, what, I, what I was trying to say, if if you entered the series at, at four. Like, I can totally understand why you would be passionate about that game and think that's what Resident Evil is. But if you took the time to go back and then address the differences 1, 2, and 3, and 4, then, yeah, you, you're going to think the same lines as Spencer here. It's, it's, it's a yeah. different game. It's, it, it, it's, it's a brilliant game with a Resident Evil skin. I, I, could, I couldn't agree with you more, Spence. I, I really couldn't. I mean, that's the thing about it. I think Resident Evil 4, just like you said, it's a brilliant game, but it's just not Resident Evil. What do you think about the kind of change of tone with it being so cheesy compared to like the others? It's like so on the nose. Yeah, I I, it, I get it because obviously one, two and three, the original ones were cheesy, but unintentionally. And then number four, they just kind of realized people enjoyed it. And were like, fuck it, let's just do it. Let's just carry it on. We know now. Let's just make it as cheesy as we can. And the villains, as cheesy as some of them were, were very entertaining. They were very fun characters. And all the jokes and all that in between. Leon's... God knows what happened to Leon in between 2 and 4. But he's changed. He's a bit more smarmy now, isn't he? You've seen him in the new um, Netflix series, haven't you? Yeah. Wearing that suit. Looks very different. 
I, th- I think he just he, he got Gwans every time, doesn't he? He goes for a new look. He does. He's a bit like okay. Madonna in that sense. <laughs> I can't wait to see the mod that someone does where he puts him in like a sparkly bra, like spikes on it. That would be that would be the dream. The is that your favourite Madonna? That is my favourite Madonna. I tell you what, modding modding scene. If you're listening to this, chuck it up, do it. It would just be it just be class, especially if you put him in with like a big big braid or whatever, big long ponytail. Oh, down for that. That'd be so funny. All right, boys. So we know I beat RE4, but the following weekend, I also finished Resident Evil 5. You are an animal, mate. Getting into this Resident Evil oh. stuff. We played it together, didn't we, Spence? We did. We did, mate. And I, we sat down and we said, right, by the end of this weekend, we just got to get it done. Did it take two, boys? It does take two. It does take two. You can do it with one, but it. But fuck that. But you, know, you no one's trusted Sheva as an AI. If I was playing on my own, I wouldn't have played it. Yet again, another thing I'm not included in. Yeah, well. To be fair, Phil, you and me have played this game before when it actually originally came out. So you've already had your time in the in the spotlight. I've had my Davy time, have I? You have. You had. You <laughs> had it back in 2013 or whenever this. When did this game come out? 2009. Let me look at my. Oh, I had you in your prime then. That's fine. You had me in peak, in peak Davy time, yeah. Before fifth of March two thousand nine. So there you go. So yes, you had me back then, Phil, and now Spence has got me. Traded in for a younger model. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's a story as old as time, Phil. So what do you feel about about Resident Evil Five, Spence? Give me your top level thoughts on the game, Spence. And then we'll kind of go into it a little bit more as we go. All right. Well, the game, I had fun. I honestly, I'm going to say at the start of the game, I actually really wasn't having fun with it. I thought the game was dog water arseholes at the start. It was not fun. But then towards the end, I learned how the game worked a bit more. Shoot an enemy in the head, kick him over, stab him. That's what Shepard does. Really fun. And by the end, I enjoyed it. You you could have, you know, got your quick time events a bit better. But are you are you actually on crack? <laughs> are you on crack? Right, there's this one bit of the game where Wesker does a monologue, right? In, in an aircraft. And it, it goes on, there's like four different QTEs in a row, and each one you can fortunately skip in between, but you always get like a little bit of mono a little bit of the monologue on each on each section. So it'd be like Chris, and then boom, your partner is dead, right? Because Spence would fail, and he failed so much that it just became completely comical. And it, I was just like, was really "You will fucking suck at this, bro!" And literally, he'd be like, "Nah, I, I got it this time. I got it this time." And then immediately dead. And <laughs> and literally, we must be on that for what, like half hour, probably <laughs> half hour, forty five <laughs> minutes. Yeah, it was too. It was the point where the longer it took, the funnier it got. So the harder it was. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It was really funny though. But every single cutscene, there was always like we. I don't think we did any QTE right first time. Like there wasn't one that we just did because they always just came out of fucking nowhere, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely nowhere. Aren't you glad games have learned? Not to include these at every cutscene. Oh, thank God. I like QTEs. I like QTEs. Yeah, but Davey's just, Davey's just to told the millions and millions of our listeners that you're shit at QTEs. <laughs> and you love them. I need the practice, don't I? Give me more. Who loves anything they're terrible at? 
Me? Spence loves Smash. Like Davey, do you love football? No, mate, no. No, especially do, not playing it. Do you love fantasy football? Oh, not this season. Oh my God, I'm having a fucking mare. But that's besides the point. RE5 is so similar to 4, isn't it? In like it is. kind of yeah, the, the, the actual gameplay differences. The tone of it and the progression and such. Yeah, Slight, Slightly more colour in the game though, isn't there? Way more colour, Other yeah. than brown and grey, which is 4. Yeah. 5 at least has got a little bit of red and a little bit of yellow in it. It's true. I suppose, Phil, this is probably a perfect time to ask you on this, actually. Like, you haven't played Resident Evil 4 or 5 since they came out, so it's been a long time since you played them. Which one's your favourite out of the two? Out of the two, thinking back now, I would definitely say I enjoyed my time more with Resident Evil 5. But that might have been the experience that we had playing it together, sort of online, because that was a new thing uh, back in the, what, PS3? Yeah, PS3 yes, days, yeah? Playing online together in a single-player game or a two-player game online co-op that that was kind of a new thing in the the ps3 era you know so yeah i i was really hype on that kind of like interaction and being able to play online i i remember wesker this is what i wanted right playing resident evil 4 it, it didn't tick that box at it wesker coming in this is this is the most wesker focused resident evil isn't it so far yeah well it is you know what happens at the end you play the game I mean, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's Resident Evil, mate. Come on. You'll come back as a clone, I'm sure. This is... Yeah. I, Phil, you're exactly right. The biggest prop I can give this game compared to 4 is that it actually feels like a Resident Evil game with its plot and its story. It is. It plays the entire thing so straight-faced, right? But it's totally outlandish. He's so evil through the whole of it, especially when he backstabs <laughs> that woman. Uh, yeah, Excella. Excella. Oh my god, when he did that, that was my favourite bit. She's she might as well just be giving him a handy, right? She's like she's like touching him up and she's like, Oh, I always look after my big man or whatever. She is thirsty and through it all for Wesker, and then he just backstabs her. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Giant slug monster thing. Yeah. It's yeah, the the plot's amazing. The plot for five is leaps and bounds better than four. I'll tell you what, I've realized what my least favourite things about the game were. Let's go. go. So I'll, I'll quickly list them off. Quick turn, dog shit. Uh, the inventory, nine slots is shit. You can literally have one weapon either side or like three weapons for your quick access and a heal. Then a rest is taken up by ammo and you can't really pick stuff but, up. But, don't you, but don't you think they, you know, they changed that because Resident Evil 4, you had so many options when it came to your inventory management, right? So, yeah, but that's what made it satisfying. Resident Evil 2 was good because you didn't have all that optionality. Yeah, but they gave you but the But the fear, the obviously, is ramped down in, in 5, in my opinion, yeah, compared to 2. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay, go on. Um, a big issue I had, or I, I think anyway, was the checkpoints when you die. Because there was one section where we had to kill two, what what were they called? Regenerators? Not regenerators. That's already, oh, you're on about the big, uh, the four. big guys with with min. Oh, the bug, the, the bugs, the bugs that um that you can only shoot the armor. You can bugs. kill them by uh, just shooting their their white weak points. Yeah, we had a nightmare with two of those, and the checkpoint every single time we'd have to respawn. Wait, wait for the loading screen, respawn, climb up a ladder, go in the left room, heal each other. To clear a space in our inventory, pick up an item, lay down mines to clear more space in the inventory, go to the right room, pick up more stuff, go down, 
mix a herb to clear another slot in the inventory, go back, and then if we died, we had to repeat the whole I've got, thing. I've got a solution for that. Get good. <laughs> right, well, this is what <laughs> happened. We had a nightmare because we kept planting landmines, started planning ahead, and then the one time we actually beat them, we just stood next to the checkpoint, turned around and just shot them. <laughs> that was all we did. And it worked perfectly. And we were just like, why did we overcomplicate you it? Get, we were... You get that all the time in Resident Evil, though, don't you? Where you can, like, bug out things and, you know, catch people. We didn't bug it out. We didn't even bug it out. We just it. did... We we just shot them in yeah. their weak spot. That's all we yeah, did. we literally just pulled out. Instead of using the, the rifle and going for precision, just pulled out a pistol and just spammed it into where their weak spot was and it just took them down in no, no, no trouble at all. And I remember we yeah. just... I felt really pissed off by that. If I'm honest, I was really pissed off because we. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> we spent like an hour on it, and we had this proper yeah. game plan, and it just turned out no game plan. Just turn around, and just fucking pump it full of bullets. All your issues really seem to be surrounding kind of like the limitations of probably the console and kind of like the generation at the time. Do you feel you like you were spoiled with playing, you know, the remake of Resident Evil One, Resident Evil Two, and Resident Evil Three compared to this one, which actually hasn't had a remake? If they were to remake Resident Evil Five, do you think all those issues that you're having now probably would get solved when it comes to movement and control, and probably the limitations on kind of like the slots in your, um, you know, inventory? Do you think? Do you think right. then you would have a different opinion on the game? Because I, I have such fond memories of the game. But a lot of those are probably due to playing it with Davey, playing it two-player online, which yeah, was amazing at the time. At yeah. the time. And, and and I hadn't have had any remakes. But I, pro- I think at that time, probably I had a remake of one, yeah? That's probably right. Yeah, HD Remaster. HD Remaster yeah. of one. But I, I wouldn't have had the blessing of the remake of two and three. No, that was 2019. Definitely not. I'll say a remake of five would probably fix all the issues. But I will not give re5 is benefit of the doubt that it was on ps3 and it was a more limited hardware because re4 is better and i was on an even more limited hardware plus the same hardware that birthed that game birthed the uncharted trilogy last the of last us. of us all these amazing feeling games right so there's, there's no excuse for that it's literally just a case of for me it's as clear-cut as they try and copy resident evil 4 they realized that because they're doing co-op, you can't have the same things as Resident Evil 4. You can't have that same in-depth inventory because otherwise, every two seconds, one of us will be in the fucking menu pausing the game while they move their items around. It wouldn't work. So (laughs) they think, right, we'll we'll simplify it. But the problem is they distilled it to such an extent that it takes away the whole point of what made Resident Evil 4 fun to begin with. I understand I understand what their goal was with it. It was that you'd have to use each other's inventories. Yeah. You'd have to bounce off of each other for your management. And that's good. It is good. But I feel like nine slots was too few. My last blight is boss battles. Because there was one boss battle, which we've already mentioned, when Excella gets betrayed. That whole boss fight, Davey was using the laser, whatever, targeting laser. I had to just run around and keep stuff from attacking his legs. Some of the boss fights aren't very co-op friendly they feel like they were made for a single player game i think that's a very fair criticism i i love that excel fight but that's because i was the one using that cannon yeah i for me it was so boring <laughs> it was so boring well i suppose that brings us to the point where we always end these sections with you spence what is your updated ranking now 
Do you remember what it was originally in terms of obviously you didn't have five and six in your in your ranking? In my predictions. But do you no. do you have your original list of where you anticipated these games would lie for Resident Evil One through to four? Yeah. So I've amended my predictions. They've been amended, so I've added five and six. And my predictions were in first place two, second place one, third place three, fourth place seven, fifth place four, sixth place five, and seventh place six. Okay. So far, I haven't played six or seven, but the rankings ring true so far. So it's number one is two, number two is one, number three is three, number four is four, number five is five. Wow. But I haven't played seven or six yet. So they will go ahead of four. Well, they'll definitely go ahead of five, seven anyway. I don't know, six might not, you know. Yeah, but that's based but... on our experiences with it. You might love it. <laughs> yeah, you might love six. I've played six. I've played six. I've played six not even too long ago. I played it. Oh, I played you it on the... to be Wesker's son. It's going <laughs> to be great. You mad? It's going to be great. I don't care. Okay. Like there's, there's like four stories in that game, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah, Something ridiculous. I've played all of them, but Ada's. All of them but Ada's, because neither me or my mate man wanted to play Agent. So we were like, we'll just skip this one. Dear God. But I can't remember what happened. I cannot remember what I'm not, happened. I'm not looking so. forward to getting into that one either, to be fair. That's next up on my on my plate. We got we got to do that this week, unfortunately. Tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> so moving away from the Resident Evil talk, just for a moment, Phil, what have you been playing these last two weeks? Well, Davey, I'll have to be honest with you guys. I haven't really had a lot of time for gaming, unfortunately. You know, life life has taken taken the primary seat at, at the moment. Um, but I have had a little bit of time, and I've delved into Resident Evil. Oh no, sorry, Oddworld Soulstorm. <laughs> wow! I think I played probably about an hour, maybe an hour and a half last episode, and I gave you my initial thoughts. But sure. digging deep into this game, I'm really enjoying it. I've, I've spent a bit of time now, got got into it a little bit more. And I'm enjoying... Well, it's a 50-50 game. It really is. I I love it. Yeah. But at times, you I hate absolutely it. hate this game. But it's not for the game being terrible. It's for the game being frustrating as hell. I can I can vouch for you, mate. I can vouch. Um, When I was over with my girlfriend's the other day, I actually tried out Oddworld. I gave it a little go myself. Played it for maybe nice. one or two hours. Fuck me, man. It's fun. It's, it's a really fun game. Fun. But... It's so easy to get frustrated with when it. You get, when you get it's, something right, it feels super feels slick, good. right? As soon as you get something yeah. wrong, and then you get something wrong the second time, and then you go back the third time, you get a little bit further, and then you fail. You're like, shrink. Like it, All I can say is there was one segment that I literally had to cheese. Sure. I checkpointed really close to it, and there was like a spring launch or something, or a jump, a weird jump. So I just spawned ran before the enemies spawned and jumped over them, got shot maybe twice, and just made it to the next checkpoint. And I was just like, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. I died maybe 45 times. You may have got further than me in the game. So I'm up to level six, just getting towards the fat station, if you know where that is in the game. Oh, no. You're 100% further okay. than me. So there's a lot of um, movements on the lifts. Listeners might be able to sort of know what i'm talking about here and and the flying squigs they are absolutely impossible over and over and over i've played that to get through it and i've got I, i've managed to get through it now but i've I, i've spent hours now trying to get through a little section of that game it is it is so difficult 
Have you managed to keep all your mudderkins alive? Yeah, I'm really good at the mudderkins, right? I'm really good at like moving them to certain places, getting them to stop, not getting them eaten or not getting them shot. But it, it, it's Abe that I'm having the problem with. And those landmines, yeah. the timing on those landmines is so specific. Oh, tell so me specific. about it. It like bleeps and then it goes to red and then and it's then a, a slow, slow bleep, bleep in it. And then it goes back. Yeah. And then it's a fast beep, right? And you think, oh, that's the easy, right? I've got this. I'll crouch up, walk forward, go to tap it, tap yeah. it every time, die. You literally, you have to press it early, I swear. Like, I press, I always press it on red now. And that and that's the only yeah. way I get through it. I, I'm six out of the 17 levels, apparently, there is in this game. Uh, doing a nice. bit of background reading, a bit of research on it. A lot of people think there's only 15 levels, but that's all dependent because there's multiple endings depending on how many uh, mudderkins or muds muds that you save how's the trophy list i i honestly haven't checked i've checked <laughs> we'll see us <laughs> of, course, of course he's had a look at the trophy list of course i'm drinking from a platinum trophy glass boys <laughs> sure <laughs> come on i'd imagine this is a very difficult platinum it's not difficult maybe time yeah. consuming yeah not even like exceptionally time consuming but if you're good at the game it'd be easy you have to learn the game. You you have to learn the game. My worry the is that one of the trophies, which I haven't checked, would be that you'd complete a level without dying. Uh, is that is that one of the trophies? Um, the one trophy is complete every level. Impossible. Absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. That game. You, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not like if you're good at the game, it wouldn't be a very hard platinum. But you have to learn the game. You have to be good at the game to get the platinum. Jesus. I I kind of really respect those kind of trophy lists though, because it's like I always yeah. say with Wolfenstein, right? And there's this there's this trophy in Wolfenstein that I'll never get and I respect anyone who's got it. And it's complete the game in mind laden difficulty, which is the hardest difficulty of the game. And it's a single life. As soon as you die, you restart the entire game. So you'd be on the last fight, you'd die there and you'd restart the entire thing again. No saves, you just got to do it in one go. And that game is hard as fucking balls on normal. People, like, reviewers had to turn it down to easy to, to complete it. It's hard. It's hard. And so people who have that trophy list and have that platinum, fucking hats off to you. Because that ain't me. <laughs> I ain't getting that. And if if Abe is like that, then I do respect it automatically kind of turns me off from those kind of trophy lists but the people who like stick to it and get it done jesus props mad yeah. props to that that's a big dick move big dick massive respect if anyone does get that platinum and please email into the show because we'll give you a shout out you know it's the least we can do um but this this game definitely you know it, it's, it's had some positive reviews sort of reading around the internet it's sitting on a 69 out of 100 on the metacritic so Ooh. you know people people are enjoying this game you think that's a low score? Yeah, I'd say that's on the low end. That is quite low, yeah. That is quite low. Okay, well, the reviews I've read, they do seem gen like generally positive about the game. They say it's it's got its bugs, but hasn't most games that sort of release at that price point. But yeah. it's a long game. 17 levels and that complexity. If me and Spence are saying we're spending like an hour, he's spending 45 lives or, you know, minutes yeah. on minutes a on a certain level and people are getting through this without a death you know it's it, it is a deep game cracked 
I will say, I do have a point I want to bring up. You really like this game, and this game is a puzzle game. What happened with Maquette, man? It updated the other day. I saw a little bling update for Maquette. I was like, I'm never going back to that game. It just wasn't my thing. It's a good game. It's a puzzle it's a, game. It's not the same. <laughs> it's definitely not the same. It's not the same. It's different sort of puzzles, but it's a good yeah, game. Yeah, but my favourite game of all time is Portal 2. And that is a puzzle, puzzle game. game, right? I thought your favourite game of all time was Death Stranding, Phil. It's up there, mate. It's 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 in that top five, but Portal 2 is my favourite game. I know we're on a PlayStation podcast. And to be fair, Portal 2 was on PlayStation, so that's fine. I had my first time buying Portal 2 was on PlayStation. That's how I, I got it on PC. Great game. So, I know it's probably a little bit too early for this, but we love a rating on this show. What would you give it as a rating at this point? Well, you've, you've said my Metacritic score of 69 is low. What, yeah, would you say, say so. what would you say is a high Metacritic? 90, yeah? Are we saying 90's a high? <laughs> 90's a, a low? No, 82. Eight, I'd, eight, say, two. I'd say anything in the 90s or high 80s from like 89% up is like so, so anything yeah, below okay, 70 is good. low, is it? I'd say anything below, yeah, anything below 70, I'd say is, that's middling. That's a middling experience. The thing is, people just rate generously nowadays. So most games are 60 or higher, even if they're not good. Unless a game gets, like, tanked, like Cyberpunk or something. I bet that has a shit Metacritic. Well, it depends on if you go on user score or Metacritic score, doesn't it? They're very different. So Metacritic, yeah. the actual Metacritic score is the score across the uh, across the, the what they say across the, the top critics, yeah, and it's not weighted equal or anything like that. So it's not a perfect system. There's lots of money involved there as well. So there is a lot. You of can't money. always yeah, trust. There is, but no, I always true. like to yeah. bring it up as a perspective because generally, whenever I sort of delve into a game, I, I like to pick out the Metacritic scores. So we we've got a bit of a running uh, theme here, but around seventy seems to be average for what what the games we've talked about previously is. Yeah, so what would you say, what would you give this out of a 10, Phil, so far? For me, what what's a 10? A 10 for me is Portal 2, I would say, you know, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, they're, they're my 10s. Yeah. What's a 1? Yes. What's a 2? Maquette, right? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> because I've liked, or I've previously liked Abe's, Abe's games, and I think and I think this is why it's attracted me to play this game. And I have spent a fair amount of time. I've spent a good couple of hours getting through it. You know, level six out of seventeen. And as I've said, as I've admitted to, is hours worth that is. That's a couple of that's a good couple of nights spending on that. I, I'm going a solid seven. Seven out of ten. That's good. That's decent. A Phil Hoy official seven out of ten for that game. Fair deuce. Worth a try. But I think only if you're like of my age. It's- it's I not think for a everyone, younger yeah. audience won't enjoy this game. I mean, I enjoy it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to keep playing but it. But I suppose this is the beauty of it, isn't it? Because it's the PlayStation Plus game for us PlayStation 5 owners, mm. what's the harm in giving it a go? You know, even if it's only a passing interest, you've got no harm in downloading it and giving it a try. I suppose the only difference is if you've got a PS4, then maybe just go on to the store and just redeem it and just wait until you buy your PS5 and then try it. This this was definitely a game I, I previously said I would have bought if it wasn't on PS Plus or if, if your boys hadn't have been so so lovely as you are and bought me PS Plus. This was a game I was interested in anyway. So there is a bit of love for this, you know, title. So that goes into it a little bit. I don't think that's too relevant at the end of the day. Like, there's no objective review. There's no such thing as an objective review. They they're all 
opinion-based and opinions are going to be different and your own ideals and what you're interested in is going to be different per reviewer. And that's why if you want like an honest opinion or, you know, a, a good little reflection, you find somebody whose opinions you kind of vibe with. And then if they say it's shit, then you think, okay, maybe this isn't for me. And and that's always a good little barometer for judging how a game is. And at the end of the day, if you're saying this is 7 out of 10, that's that's worth a look. And it's certainly something that as soon as I get a bit of free time, as soon as I'm done with all my backlog of Resident Evils i got to get through, it's something that maybe I'll have a look at. The, the fear I have is that people enter into this game not knowing the series, and it just kicks your ass. And then you yeah, then you don't give it a chance, right? There's there's a lot of people out there that you know aren't as willing as Spence. Obviously, you're on a podcast, you need these things to talk about. You know I love the game, so you're giving it a bit of time, right? There's lots of people out there that will download it on PS Plus, play the first couple of levels, and just get rinsed because they just don't get it. You know, they never yeah. played Lemons, they never played Oddworld before this, and they just won't get what they need to do. I will say, as much as I do enjoy Abe. I am enjoying it. It is a fun game. It's not my first choice to play. If I had absolutely nothing else to play, I probably would have finished it by now. But it's not... When I boot up my PlayStation, I don't see it and think, let's play Oddworld. Granted, I appreciate it is a good game, but it's just... Uh, I'm not super... I am good. asking you what else are you playing on PlayStation at the moment? Especially PlayStation 5. Like, there there ain't much out there at the moment, okay? We're going we're gonna to talk about a couple of titles later on that, we're, you know, we're really looking forward to, et cetera, et cetera. But Oddworld's probably positioned its place quite well in the sense that there's nothing else around. So people will give it that time. Yeah, 100%. Listeners, as you know, last episode I put out a challenge out there. We're a UK-based podcast and we're mostly listened to within the UK. Thanks, Mum. But outside of that, our second biggest country is the US. And inside that, we can break down the individual states and how they stack up against each other. So we set a little bit of a friendly competition going. Now, last time, Alabama had the lead, with Washington behind at about 15%. Well, boys, it's all turned around. Washington have pulled it out of the bag, and they're now in the lead with a whopping 24% of the overall listenership inside the US. Alabama, you guys are slacking a little. You've slipped to second place with 21%, and Texas in third place with 11%. This sounds like we've got a little bit of a competition going on then, Davey. Three states competing for the top slot, three presenters. I'm going to pick Texas. I always like rooting for the underdog. 11%. Come on, boys. We can do it. Let's show Alabama and Washington what we're all about. We can take that top spot. Hashtag Team Texas. I normally like going for the guys who are the clear favourites. But because I get so much shit for apparently picking top tiers, I'm going for my boys Alabama. They'd be on top once before, so they've taken a slight nerf. They can get back up on top. And if I support them at this stage and they get back up on top, no one's going to think bad of me. So Alabama, you guys, just kick it into gear. All right? Let's fucking do this. Let's do this. Let's slaughter these Washington guys. This is unprecedented. This means, like in high school, I didn't get picked. I didn't get the choice. I'm stuck with whatever team I'm dealt with. However, I'm on the good team. Washington, baby. Let's go. Number one, tried and true. So this will be really interesting to see by the time we get to the next episode. And it also really helps the podcast. So having this little bit of friendly banter between you guys... It should help us grow our listenership. And ultimately, if one of you 
one state gets first three episodes in a row, so over six weeks, I will give out a prize. Now, where that prize goes? Probably to your mayor. Unless one of you can supply me with a location to send a prize to. And is that prize going to be Robot Wars for PlayStation 1 that's been dicking about in my cupboard since episode 1 of this podcast? Probably. You might get Dance Dance Revolution. I think you might get the rest of Phil's grapefruit <laughs> lager. But also- regardless, it's, something's better than nothing, right? So share it around and it really helps us as a podcast. And thank you ever so much for your support so far. Now, if you want to write in and take charge of the podcast and suggest topics or have something to say to any of us, you can write into the email at pswetrust at gmail.com. We also have a Reddit page where you can interact with the show's hosts, me, Spencer, or Davey. We're all on there. We'll answer any of your questions live on Reddit. And any questions, of course, we'll include in the show. We also have a Twitter, the Twitter being at inpswetrust where you can always reach out to us, DM us, anything you need. We also have our individual Twitters, which I'm sure will be in the description below. So feel free to reach out. We'd love to respond. As you well know, listeners, Returnal is just around the corner, releasing on the 30th of April. Now, there's been a huge focus on Returnal over the last week or so with the preview events that are happening right now. And there's been tons of information come out and loads of hype. It's like a real 180 on this game, which is phenomenal to see. As you all know, I've pre-ordered the game already, and I was sold on the game as soon as I saw Housemark was involved with it, being a diehard Housemark fan. What I want to know, guys, has this changed your perception on the game? And are you now interested in picking this up day one? I'm not going to lie. I had initial interest on Returnal when I first saw it. And then as time went on, the hype just died. And I really wasn't very keen on it. I thought it might be a good game, but probably not for me. And then Twitter, all of a sudden, Returnal was everywhere on Twitter. Watched a few things. I heard about DualSense having a lot of stuff to do with Returnal. Apparently, it's brilliant haptic feedback. 3D audio is supposed to be the best 3D audio we've had. And I watched some gameplay and I thought, shit, I want to play this. And then within 20 minutes of seeing some Twitter footage, I pre-ordered the game. So for me with Returnal, I wasn't, I wasn't hyped about this game. It was something you boys were definitely pushing. But what did it for me, because I've done a complete 180 on this, I've gone from not really being bothered about it to actually pre-ordering it, which I did today, was doing the research for episode 14. Really? Why? Because of the developer diaries that, you know, we, we dug in for for episode 14. And I would definitely recommend anyone, you know, coming into NPS We Trust now, and this is the first episode you, you've listened to, I would go back, listen to episode 14, and it'll change your mind about Returnal. I've pre-ordered it. It's payday today, so that might have had something to do with it. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for the game. Well, the exciting thing wow. is that by the time we get to the next episode, it would be the launch of Resident Oh. That was fucking. That was oh. so close. I nearly hit it. Oh I my think god. That, that's that's a hit, isn't it? <sighs> I Spencer, it Spencer if you press that's a button on the halfway, does it? Does it? Does it like type the letter? I can't believe I just did it. Hang on, I'll test it right now. I'll test it right now. You ready? He's pressed the button. He's pressed the button. <laughs> All right. Oh Resident. Christ! All right. Well, I hit the button, so it means I've got to take a shot. So, and the rules are: until you take that shot, me and Spencer can mention it as many times as we like. That's true. So I might as well finish my sentence at this point. The next episode will be recording it on the launch date of Resident Evil Village. 
So it means that we will have had a lot of time with Returnal by the next episode. So I cannot wait to talk to you guys about it. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm actually so pumped. Cannot wait. Take your shot. I love that you taking that shot is more important than what you have to say. <laughs> Take that fucking shot, bro. Davy has now taken his shot. The button is reactivated. I will say, as I was saying, Returnal, very much I'm looking forward to it, mostly because it will be the break from Resident Evil. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. I was so used to saying it. I was so used to saying it. It's hard, it, man. It's hard. The button the button's hard. It's the button's hard. hard. The button the button makes it harder because we just were comfortable <laughs> talking about it. I literally said the button's active and I said Resident Evil. I hate my life. I'll be back now with my fireball. Alright, I have a question, right? Referring to the button. Okay. Ah, oh, it's peak. Instead of this. Could I just neck this? Yes. I can neck this. Yeah. So for the li- for Fantastic. the for the blind listeners out there, Spencer is holding up the rest of his cherry cherry Pepsi and honey Jim Bean. Jim Bean. And this half this half a thing there. I'd say there's a big mine. glass, mind. It's a big glass. But <laughs> as soon as you finish it, you've got to tip it over your eyes. Yes. We have to know there's it's nothing a in there. Glass, glass, I don't, I, <laughs> see-through mate, glass. I don't fucking care. Come on. You didn't do it last time. Yeah, different rules, different episode. Yeah, it's, it's true. Glass. It's episode 15. Episode it gets harder, 15. Mate. It, gets, it gets harder. It's in episode 14 anyway. Progression. In, Welcome you've to got the to do boys. it in one, and if you if you fail, the rest of it's going on your head, mate. I mean, no, I'll do it in one. I'll do it in one. My issue, right, is that I've got the Pulse headset, man. Take your headset off. Mark, is you're your, your mum going to wash your pyjamas? I didn't. Uh, probably. Well, got who cares? It doesn't matter if you get yeah. some, some drink on it as well. Stand up. Like, I wouldn't chair. do it on your chair, though. Or on your chair, yeah. What? On your, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. It's your chair. Take your just head off. We'll give you one, two, three, and then just do it on your head. What's I'll funny is... now. You can see it. What's then. funny is that Phil is only seconds away, I reckon, from hitting the from hitting Dave. the button himself. And then we're going to have this whole thing of, oh, I'm not pouring it on my head. Davey, Davey, what, what, what button is that? We can say it. He's not taking his drink yeah, yet. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't drank button. it yet. You can say it. <laughs> go on drink it Spence before he says the L <laughs> for our blind listeners out there he is currently drinking it he is doing it in one and by the looks of it it's going to be down in one and it is and because oh and that is he's even got the dregs so we need well some done. top marks on your head <laughs> good lad he's even good lad. He's no drips. he has done it 100% perfect top marks It. the button is now active we shall resume with the normal show the reason I'm mostly looking forward to Returnal, I think anyway, is because it will give me the well-deserved break I need from the game that we can't mention. Just because I've played one, two, three, four, and five in such quick succession, one after another, with no breaks, I need a break. As much as I love those games, it's draining. And I think Returnal is going to be that dumb fun that I need. Just until the next one, you know, I, comes out. I feel you so much, so much. I mean, all I've been playing for the last seven months now is that. And so I cannot wait to take a short little vacation away from the series that I love so much. After the research I did in episode 14, I kind of feel like Returnal is going to have some of those sort of horror, sort of more intense kind of scenes that that are very similar to the game we can't mention 
So I don't know if it's going to be that much of a difference. Obviously, the gameplay is, is going to be massively different, isn't it? It's, it's a first-person shooter game. There seems to be bullets flying everywhere. It's going to be third-person. Third-person game. It's going to be vastly different, apart from maybe that game three, because there was a lot of bullets flying around in that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting hard. Right. It gets very difficult, doesn't it? We're, we're on such thin ice. Right, let's move on. Please. We have moved into quick news. Quick news we introduced a couple of episodes ago, and you guys have really responded well to it, so we're going to keep it going. So we have found news that aren't full topics, but things that you guys should know. So the first thing I'm going to cover is an update on a previous story we've covered before. It turns out the PlayStation Store on PS3 and PS Vita is not going to be closing after all. So Sony have walked it back and they've decided that it's not a good idea to do that. And that is fantastic news. It means all the work that people have done in criticizing Sony for this and getting to Twitter and really putting the heat on them has paid dividends. So well done. It means that now on the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita, those stores will continue and you will be able to purchase new games on there. Good to hear. So, on to me. Quick news. Horizon Zero Dawn, the complete edition, is free for download. So that's available through April 19th to May 14th. This is part of PlayStation's at-home initiative. So this includes Horizon Zero Dawn, the Frozen Wild expansion, the Karja Stormraiser outfit and Karja Mighty Bow, Karja Trader Pack, the Trailblazer outfit, Culling Bow, Traveler Pack, Nora Keeper Pack, and Digital Art Book. So a lot of digital extras there for you. Personally, I'm quite excited for this edition because I've never been able to play the Frozen Wild expansion uh, because of the difficulties with having a American PS4 account. So looking forward to that, guys. I'll be on that soon, reporting probably on episode 16. Right, so my little piece of quick news is basically there was an Apple presentation the other day on 420... My birthday, by the way, just so everyone knows. Davey, still haven't had my present. But basically, during their presentation, they were showing off the new iPad. And one of the things they showed off for some reason was Devil May Cry Mobile. And I watched this presentation. It looked quite sick. <laughs> I've no idea why. But weirdly enough, it didn't show any touch controls. Yet the combat looked fluid. So I was a bit weirded out until... They showed a DualSense controller on the screen. So this shows that the DualSense controller will be compatible with the new iPads. And for some reason, you'll be able to play Devil May Cry on your iPad. The MC3, I think, was the game they showed. So I actually watched that uh, um, presentation as well, uh, Spence, the spring-loaded April 20th Apple event. And I watch a lot of these Apple of Apple events and... I've never seen a third-party controller or, or any peripheral sort of link to an Apple device before. I think that's really interesting that, you know, Capcom are getting involved on Apple's gaming platform, which I haven't seen a lot of, you know, developers trying to push that in any sense, and then seen a PlayStation handset, Sony PlayStation handset. It's not an Apple handset within their conference. I think that's huge. I think that's yeah, huge it- news. Regardless, it, I'm it not even talking big. about the game. The game is minor. I'm thinking there's Capcom trying to be on the Apple gaming platform, and then you've got a Sony handset connected to the new Apple iPad Pro. Yeah, I, I agree. It is big. It's big. It's the first time Apple are actually pushing another company's software or hardware. It's big. But 
in the past, it's already existed. I've literally played Dead Space. I've already played Street Fighter. I played Skullgirls on Apple products. And I've even played PUBG Mobile with my DualShock 4. Because it just connected over Bluetooth. It was easy. So although this is the first time they're pushing like third party or Sony peripherals onto their platform, it's always kind of been a thing that has existed. But it's nice to see that they're actually pushing it for the future. I know this has gone on a bit further than sort of what quick news was entitled. It was meant to be a quick burst of, yeah. uh, you know, a, a topic. But this this has probably branched out slightly. But do you feel like Apple, you know, they're, they're trying to take notice a bit what what's sort of popular within the gaming kind of atmosphere at the moment. And, and PlayStation is huge. You know, with with the PS5, the handset is a big deal. You know, including that, it's 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 got to add to you know the provenance of kind of their platform, really, hasn't it? If you can use a handset you're familiar with with a platform you're not so familiar with, that encourages you that there's the possibility there's other games outside of PlayStation to play. Are you implying that? the Apple Devil May Cry game is going to have adaptive triggers and haptic feedback. <laughs> That's actually something they did mention in the conference, yeah. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. They said they said that, that game. that's available that. on 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 the new M1 chip which is included in the new um iPad Pro. That's crazy. They they were boasting okay. about it's that powerful to be able to handle all those interactions. So one bit of news that might be interesting to you lot is Jeff Kaplan who has been with Blizzard for a hell of a long time and is responsible for Overwatch, amongst other things, has decided to finally hang up his boots and leave the company. Do we know where he's going? Do we know what he's doing? Not yet. Not yet. But it does mean he's a free market. He's out there, lurking in the shadows, ready to pounce on the next studio. He's out on Tinder, ready to go. You've just got to swipe right on Jeff Kaplan. I'll say that's weird news considering we know that Overwatch 2 is happening and on the horizon. Exactly, yeah. It's a pretty big deal. And he's a massive, massive component to Blizzard. And so seeing him go, there's been a massive outpouring on Twitter. There's been loads of support for him. And to see him go like this just all of a sudden, especially as you said, Spence, that Overwatch 2 is pretty much around the corner, really. Do either of you boys have any interest in Overwatch at all? No. Phil? I bought it when it first came out. Um, quite enjoyed it, but had the limitations, of course, of playing online on PlayStation 4. I'm a big fan of, you know, Blizzard, Blizzard games. Definitely played a lot of World of Warcraft, played a lot of um, Heroes of the Storm, played a lot of Hearthstone. But Overwatch is is probably the game I've played the least um, coming from Blizzard. Um, But it'd be interesting to see where, where Jeff sort of ends up. You know, a lot of people that build up that name break away and potentially have their own studio you know is he going to be the next kojima is he going to have his next death stranding i'm i'm the same as you i bought overwatch and launch i liked it at first and now i haven't played it in about two years we'll see what happens and i suppose that's the thing isn't it if we keep an eye on it there's loads of things happening at the moment loads of change happening in the gaming landscape it's only a matter of time before something breaks and he's attached to a major project he's a major player after all and finally to end the quick news section PlayStation have just announced a publishing partnership with Firewalk Studios for a new original multiplayer IP. This is pretty big news because studio head Tony Hsu is a long-term Activision employee. He's been integral for the launches of Destiny, Skylanders, and numerous CODs over the years. So he's a pretty big deal. Now, looking into it, it is a new studio. Already the staff that's in there at the moment you've got ryan ellis 
who is the actual game director on this new initiative, and he was the creative director on Destiny. You've got Alina Sigmund, who's the executive producer, and she was a producer on Guitar Hero 2. Fucking love that game. Bioshock Infinite and multiple Destiny releases. It's a pretty big hitting team of people involved with this project. So something we're going to have to keep an eye on as we go forward. They tease there's going to be news about this coming shortly. So hopefully we can see what they're going to deliver and then we can go full on into this. For my topic, we're going to be diving into the game that shall not be named. Now, fortunately, as teased earlier in the podcast, the Resident Evil button is off for this topic because we are discussing the Resident Evil Showcase. Now, this is the second showcase that Capcom have blessed us with, and there's loads of stuff for us to unpack. So first, before we get into what was actually shown on the showcase, we made a number of predictions. And as normal, with the show, for each prediction we get right, you get rewarded. For each prediction you get right, you get to give out a shot to somebody else. And if somebody gets a hat trick, where all three of their results come up gold, they get to give out a total of five drinks. There's a lot on offer there, isn't there? It's a lot of pressure, a lot lot of pressure. Now, fortunately, we don't have a good track record of getting stuff right with predictions. Not on the podcast. We we (laughs) need to go back to the gym, mate. That's where our predictions were hot. (laughs) They were. I think it's location-based for me and you. Because on this podcast, we've been terrible. So I thought I think the best place to start this topic is to go through what our predictions were. Good. We can then see how right sure. or wrong we are, dish out the punishment, and then dive straight into what was actually shown. You happy with that, guys? Yeah, sure. yeah. So you kind of you kind of set out that we would do a safe prediction, a possible prediction, and a wild prediction. So Spence, right? My safe prediction was that we would see combat gameplay. My possible prediction was that we'd see liquors. Yikes. And my wild, my wild prediction was that we would see a second playable character. I also wrote in my notes that it'd be Chris. Okay, Davey. So that's Spencer's safe, possible, and wild. Let me hear yours. So start with the safe, move up to the wild. My safe was that a new demo would be revealed and out shortly on the PlayStation 5. <laughs> Who would have thought that? Mm. Shit prediction. My possible was that RE verse extra modes would be shown, i.e. teams, capture the flag, etc. Wesker or a classic villain will be revealed as playable BOWs. And my wild was that RE4 remake trailer would be shown with a possible date. So for me, my safe was Mother Miranda would be confirmed as the masked person. So we get some more info on him or her. And something maybe related to the, the ceremony with the child. Assuming, you know, the life of a, a virgin's blood was integral to the story. That was my safe. I, I thought that was in there somewhere. My possible, we would see some kind of boss gameplay or, or some fights. Either one of the daughters, Heisenberg or potentially Lady Dimitrescu. My wild, I think Chris is going to be a bad guy we're potentially going to see Ethan and Chris come to blows at some point. And then throwing out there, I wanted Wesker. I love Resident Evil 5. So, how did we do? 
on our results. Right. I went first with my predictions, so I'll say what I got right. There was combat gameplay. But you ain't having However, that. Come on. <laughs> no, I agree I'm not having it. I agree I'm not having it. They showed off a secondary mode, the mercenaries mode. And that's the combat they showed. They didn't show any in the base game. So I acknowledge that I was wrong. And there were no lickers. And we don't know if you can play as Chris. We'll have to wait for the full result. But you didn't get any. So zero for three, Spencer. So your streak that you had from the last time we did predictions has ended. And you are now back down with me and Phil as mere mortals. My predictions, I started off strong. There was the demo revealed, which is available in timed locations across the PlayStation 5 at the moment, with then a kind of open demo, which is going to begin the week before Resident Evil 8's launch. So that's a point straight on the board. The rest of them came up zero. Now, if I wanted to be pedantic... Nope, 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 nope. I could argue the wild one, right? RE4 Remake, I mean, they got that Oculus one, right? It's not a remake. Come on, mate. It's a port. So it's how many port. are we saying you got right, David? Are we saying one or two? I'd, I'd be happy with two as long as the shots went to Spencer. Shut up. It's one. I'm, when I think about it... Davy, Davy inside his body knows it is one. one. It is one. I wouldn't class that as a new game. It's just a different way of playing the existing game. So, no, I'd... It's a port. I'd say it's one. I'd say it's one. And for Phil, what about yourself? Okay, listeners, if you ask me personally, I think I got three for three. Oh, fuck it. Shut up. Shut up. Shit. Shut up. Right. But if you no ask the lads, I think I could probably only claim one of them. You know, with my And even then I I am not happy with you claiming one. I, I said this on the Twitch live screen. I'm not happy with this. Which was the one again? Exactly. So with my safe, obviously Mother Miranda was mentioned quite a lot in the in the demo. We heard we heard his or her sure. name mentioned quite a lot throughout it. And then we also heard that she's there to save them all. So I thought, you know, safe ticked for me, but the boys didn't let me have that one. Possible. No way. We're going to see no. some sort of yeah, bosses. There were bosses galore through those videos. <laughs> oh, shut nah. up. You're going through on that little boat. Up. There's something popping up. There, there is boss fights there, but they wouldn't let me have that one. Okay. We get towards no the shot. end. And what happens? Ethan seems to be under the cosh with Chris, with his gun. And his cronies, they're coming to blows. So that's my shot. I've got that one. Thanks, guys. We're going one for me, one for Davey, zero for Spencer, unfortunately. But I, w- I felt like I was very close on three. Now, the beauty of this is that at any point over the rest of the show, we can dish a shot out. And so we can hold them in our back pockets. So me and Phil can just keep them so it can be a nice little truce for both of us. And if Spence starts getting a little bit too angsty, maybe we punish him. But that's always the danger. Quick question. Do these shots have to come up in this episode or could we carry them over to episode 16? No carry forward. No carry on. got to be used this episode. I would, yeah, I'd say they have to be used this episode. Yeah, they have to be used. Well, we'll, go, we'll wait to the end because I know if I use mine, Davey's going to hit me. <laughs> and my only exactly. defense is attack. So I'm going to keep mine close to my chest. Just before that sign off at the end, just before I say peace, I'll be like, Davey, take that shot. Well, you know how the Cold War happened because you have america and russia with both nukes on both sides they can't attack each other right we're in a cold war right now with me i'm america you're russia i don't know who spence is i'm the north pole mate i'm the north pole just chilling i'm santa in his workshop yeah yeah i like that metaphor that's class the issue is 
So I think by far I'm the most best. <laughs> yeah, easy. So if, if you if I get given the shots, this podcast ends. <laughs> <laughs> so Spence, we should probably like in the next section cover your topic first. <laughs> yeah, because so you the final two topics might just be me and Davey talking. Let's move into what we've learned. I'll paint a picture here, guys. So when we went into this showcase, I wasn't excited for it like I was for the first showcase because I'm already sold on the game. I didn't want to really see anything else. I didn't want to be spoiled on anything. I was really trepidatious. I thought, I'm definitely going to encounter something that I don't want to see. And fortunately, what they showed turned out perfectly for me. They showed a lot of nothing. And I really was really happy with that. What did you guys think about the actual trailer that they showed to start this conference off? So for me, Davey, I think I felt the same as you. You know, it didn't give anything away. And and I'm happy about that. I don't want it to be spoiled. You know, I'm, I'm so used to watching like movie trailers and video game trailers of the past where they just give away the story or they give away the ending and it just sours the whole experience. So I'm really glad Capcom didn't go down that route and, and didn't spoil the game, which literally I'm the most hyped about at the moment. Exact same opinion. I was quite hesitant in even watching the showcase just because I was scared of spoilers. But that trailer was just perfect because... It showed a little bit, but really it didn't show anything. It showed nothing. I They showed me that trailer and I knew the same amount I already knew. It was blessed. They didn't teach me anything. I was so happy. But my hype level didn't increase or lower. It's just it's just the same. I, I probably could have gone without watching the showcase, to be honest. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And I think that's probably the best result that I could get out of this, to be honest, with that trailer. I didn't want to see any more, and I'm so glad it didn't. And... That brings us on to the next part of this, which is the Resident Evil demo that was announced. So the, the point that I got right in my prediction was that there's going to be a demo on the PlayStation 5 early before it then comes to the rest of the other platforms like the Xbox and you know the PS4 and all those. And the demo works by being two separate locations you can visit with a half hour each. And there's an eight hour window that you can access this demo. Are you guys interested in checking that demo out? Because for me, absolutely no chance. we got two weeks to go. I am not even remotely touching that demo. 100%. It hasn't been mentioned in the whole show, that, that saying, but we've coined that phrase. We've coined dumb fun. We've coined 100%. 100% do not want to touch that demo because I want the full experience when I play the game. I'll tell you what. I know about the differences between the RE2 demo and the RE2 game. And they're quite vast. There are a lot of differences. And it's because of that, I actually kind of want to play the demo. But what I'll ask you, Spence, is what was the difference in time between those demos and the game being released? And now this demo and this game being released? Because it, it, it's a much shorter window, I believe. Yeah, it very well might be. There's but... not much you can update in two weeks. No. But it depends, because if they've already planned ahead, which I'm sure they have, because they've done these types of demos in the past, the demos and the game will be very different. So it's nice to just kind of get a short experience to build your hype for It's going to be cut back, isn't it? There's there's not going to be any story in it. It's just going to be you experiencing the two locations. There's going to be enemies in there. But yeah, I don't want to experience those enemies unless I'm in the game. I don't want to know how to beat them. I want to figure that out on the fly. Because that's what Resident Evil is to me. It's being in a trap location. It's being limited on ammo and making that quick decision. 
if I already know how to do it, then I've already beaten the game before playing the game. My bit of advice I give to you, Spence, is when I played the Resident Evil 7 demo, and then I played the Resident Evil 2 demo for those releases, you're in the same location. So even if, even if it's different, you still use that location. So it doesn't have the same effect that it did. That first Resident Evil 7 demo I played was fucking terrifying. And then when I played through that game, I breezed through that section because I'd seen it all before. Gone are the days where Resident Evil makes everything super obvious, where everything's glowing, right? The most recent edition of Resident Evil, we didn't have big eyes that are glowing on the chest, right? Shoot me, shoot me. And if you've already figured that out, then the game isn't a challenge anymore. So that's that's the reason for me where I do not want to touch that demo. I mean, that's a, that's a good point, especially since if, I imagine we've all played the Maiden demo. Um, finding that ring in the glass, that wasn't obvious at all. You had to inspect literally everything, tilt the glass a certain way, and there was a ring. There was no shining object. There was no, nothing glowing. So I think this game will be very different from that. But I'm, I'm very much devil's advocate at the minute. I think, I think the demo is worth checking out if you're interested and you want to build your hype. Because that Maiden demo was so short, I really hope that isn't part of the game. It's not. It won't be. I really hope you don't revisit that in any way. I really hope that is just a precursor to the game. That there's, there's elements that you might revisit that in a different way. You might go the opposite way. But I do not want to wake up in that prison and fight my way up. Well, not fight my way up. Just find my way up. Through up, up, yeah. Through through the storage of you know the wine cellar, and then up to see Lady Dimitrescu. I don't want to do it that way. It's going to be the opposite way, isn't it? I'm sure. I'm sure those locations are, are there. Obviously, they're going to be but, there. Yeah, but of course I, it's, they are. You're not going to do it in the same way. No, and the danger no. I've got is with this demo is that to be to be totally honest with you, I don't want to take that chance. Like I'm so sold on this game that there's nothing they could do more to make me buy it. There's literally nothing. So if I'm at that point, I don't need this demo. Whereas if someone's on the fence, this is the thing that could push them into buying it. And I think that's what this demo is designed for. For people who haven't played Resident Evil or aren't overly excited by it, this is the thing to make them think, actually, Jesus Christ, this looks incredible. I'll check it out. But for me, diehard fan, not for me at all. One of the things the developers did say during the conference you know, during the presentation of Resident Evil Village was you can play this game, you've got half an hour in each location, and you can share it with your friends. They literally explain to you the reason why they're giving it to you, to market the game. They understand that them putting out an advert and then me putting on my social media about this game, that's where the sales are at. That's true. So after that, they then dived into the mercenaries mode mercenaries for me is never something i'm overly excited by when i played resident evil 3 back in the day and mercenaries was first announced and it first came with that game i loved it and i sweated it but it's a different time and so the longer that we've gone since then with more games out there mercenaries has always kind of fallen to the background if the rest of the trophy list is phenomenal and it's easy enough for me to get it realistic enough for me to get it and mercenaries is a component of that i'll probably try it but otherwise, the extra modes aren't really my cup of tea. What do you guys feel about this mercenary mode shown? I think with Resident Evil, I, I don't really care about the extra modes. It, 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 it's all about the story. It's all about that, 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 that story experience for me. 
I, I, I don't care, personally, guys. Fair play. Right, well, this might be the first time in a long time we've gone free for free. Resident Evil, main game, phenomenal. Extra modes, I've got Returnal to play. I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think it's going to split the fan base because a lot of people do love mercenaries, but for us three, it's not really our cup of tea. Uh, it all depends for me, and I suppose Spencer's probably the same. On the trophies. Depends on yeah. the trophy list. And could this be my fourth Resident Evil Platinum? Maybe. We'll have to see with that trophy list when it comes out. Apart from that, they then went into smaller bite-sized trailers for different projects. So they showed a tiny bit more of RE-verse, but no new news there. And then they went into the movie, the Netflix series. Hype. What do you guys feel about the new movie and the net the Netflix series that was shown? Well, they didn't really show too much of the movie other than mentioning the 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 kind of name Welcome to Raccoon City. But when it comes to the Netflix series, I cannot wait. I, I love those kind of animated Resident Evils. I'm really looking forward to it, honestly. I, I've got them all on my shelf. I love those things. I, I love broadening my horizons and digging deep into the story of Resident Evil. You know, like, I, I want more of that. I'm the guy who buys all that. I literally, I've just come off of watching all of the animated ones. I hadn't seen any of them since Damnation on my PSP. That was the last time I watched an animated Resident Evil. On a PSP. You had a UMD for Resident Evil. UMD. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uni- what was it? Universal Media Bad. Disc? Except it wasn't Universal. It was just for PSP. They thought that'd blow up. Good one. Well done, Sony. But yeah, that was the last time I watched Damnation. And since then, me and my girlfriend, we have date night on Tuesdays. And every single Tuesday, we've, well, we say we'll pick films. We always just watch Resident <laughs> Evil because I'm in such Resident Evil mood lately. So we watch all the animated films first. They're okay. <laughs> what do you okay. feel about that whole gun ballet battle they have on the top of that? Don't. Top of that flat? Don't. Just, just before Leon rides a motorcycle into a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that battle is, that's, obviously, I've heard this comparison before, but the exact same thing happens in John Wick, when there's two blokes just walking in a busy mall or something, shooting his silenced pistols, just walking, they're not even moving, they're just walking (laughs) at the same speed, so I don't know how they're missing, and they're both trained, and they're just going pew, 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 pew. No one hears a thing. Silence is allowed, you know. I do not understand why you guys are surprised with anything that comes out of Resident Evil. Like, you're just like, no, <laughs> that ain't real. They can't do that. They can't ride a motorbike like that. Like, they're killing zombies. Like, no, like, I'm not surprised they're bad. Like, you, but... you, you just got to get rid of, like, the realism. Just accept how crazy Resident Evil is and just, just strap in and just enjoy the ride, guys. I guess so, but is it... Spence, you'll you'll know this more than me. Haven't seen them recently. Is it Damnation, sure. the one where they sent a tyrant out and then he takes on a horde of liquors as he's running? No, that is degeneration. That is that scene is awesome, right? I yeah, love awesome. that scene. And and there's like there's certain hype things you can do, but having like this gun karate nonsense on top of a fucking skyscraper. Where this clip is at least 60 fucking rounds deep is actually ridiculous. And if you're a fucking trained person, just stand up and shoot him. Like, what are you doing spinning on the fucking ground for? I was wrong. 
Degeneration was the one I watched on my PSP. Damnation is the one with Tyrant. And also, after a quick Google, do you know what I've just found out? <laughs> Go on. Resident Evil Damnation has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> a 4.6 out of 5 on Amazon Amazon Prime, whatever, and then a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, which I would expect. It has 100% on Rotten so Tomatoes. So it is one of the best movies of all time. It's the best movie People ever made. People have been listening to our podcast. They love Resident Evil. They've been pushing that button, guys. <laughs> if anything... Jesus. We are pushing people towards this ideal. I think I should just end this podcast. If that's the if that's what our contribution to society is, where we're pushing people towards the Resident Evil movies, I'm just going to kill myself and end it all. Because this isn't worth living for. I hate to think that you've spent the last six months playing these games, making these YouTube videos, and you think it's a bad thing because you're being critical about these games. You love these games, Davey. You should champion these. I will champion the games, but the movies are a totally different beast, and I am not going to champion them. Now, the animated are much better. Davey, we all know why you hate the movies, and it's because Mila Djokovic didn't answer your DMs. And when you're sending those terrible pictures, like, no one's going to answer those. I mean, she loves a dick pic, surely. Well, I said dick pic without saying dick pic, but sure. If she, I mean, I got the shading right. I got the lights set up perfectly to really just contrast against the skin of my leg well if she's not interested in that well you asked then i mean i don't know what she's interested in well you asked me to photoshop it and i did my best for you i mean it was weird that half of it was black but i didn't mind you know it was i was just quite happy with the length there at the end of the day if she's not going to respond to that then i'm going to start shitting on the on those videos and that and that's just where we go um i'm quite excited for the netflix i really am i cannot wait i think it's gonna be good yeah Davey, back we to you. We are all going to watch it. We're all going to watch it. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know why you're it, trying mate. to put yeah, it down. Yeah, 100%. They could release the biggest Resident Evil turd in the world and we'll watch yeah, it. Yeah, of course we will. Yeah, we will. We can bitch about it all we want, but they got us. They've got us by the balls. We're going to watch it. So this brings us on to our verdict of the actual showcase itself. Now, last time we were quite critical on the showcase and we went quite hard on it, especially you guys compared to me. Now, I'm interested, what are your scores? Because I would give this a solid 6 out of 10. Where would you go? Before I say anything, 4 out of 10. And it's 4 out of 10, mostly because everything they showed, I didn't care about. But then the one thing that actually physically upset me was they showed Resident Evil 4 VR on Oculus Quest 2. And I have an Oculus Quest 1, so I can't play it. So that lowered the score to a 4 out of 10. Of course, that's something I actually forgot to mention on this topic, is that, yes, they did show that. And for me, coming straight off playing Resident Evil 4, I was gutted, because I would have loved to have played yeah. it in that mode. But it's not something I'm overly excited about. I don't I don't have that headset, as you don't either. So it's kind of a mute point, really. What about yourself, then, Phil? Where would you rate this? I know you asked us in the stream what we rated it as well. And I'm trying to think back of what I rated it. But I think I probably rated it pretty much average because I don't feel like this showcase added any more than the first showcase we watched. And ultimately, I was pretty glad it didn't spoil anything. But all the added extras, apart from the Netflix series, like, I'm not a big VR fan. I very much look down on VR. I don't want a VR version of Resident Evil 4. I don't want to play it that way. If I'm going to play Resident Evil 4, it'll be when they remake it and it'll be on PlayStation 5. 
I assume. Because we don't have to wait for the next iteration of PlayStation. We don't have to wait that long because I know fans really want it. And of course, after Davidson Spencer's reviews of Resident Evil 5, I might need to re revisit Resident Evil 4. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably just stick on a 5 out of 10. You know, if, if you've seen the first one, you've seen it all. You've seen all you need to do. So boys, my topic of the evening is about the PS5 system update that we recently received. The first point I'm going to make is about the storage, and I'm going to read it out. You can now store PlayStation 5 games onto an external HDD, which Sony recommends as it's faster than re-downloading your games via the internet or copying from a disc. However, you cannot play PlayStation 5 games from the external HDD. They have to be transferred over to the console storage in order to play them. What are your boys' thoughts? That seems mental to me, doesn't it? Mental? How do you mean? Well, I would want to play my PS5 games if I've downloaded them, regardless of storage. Why does it matter if it's on the, the PS5 or it's on an external hard drive? Is there is there a quality difference here that we're talking about? Yeah, it's all to do with the SSD and the read speeds. It's clearly just a convenience factor of being able to download your games, put them over onto your external hard drive, and then they say putting them over from the external hard drive to your main console is quicker than if you were to delete it and re-download. But this brings me on to my point. For me, I don't care. I've got unlimited data caps, and which we do in the UK. None of us have data caps. It's not a thing over here. And so yeah. for me, if I, I delete games off when I'm done with them, so I never have to worry about space on my hard drive. I've never filled it. Even when I had COD on there, which was like 250-odd fucking gig, whatever it was. Tell me about it, yeah. So I just delete stuff off, and then if I want it again, I re-download it, and I'll wait the hour. It's not a big deal for me. There's not enough games on the PS5 at the moment, is there? But I'm sure later on in the console generation, we're going to find this issue. And I know I, I, I know previous generations, David, you're... You've, you've definitely done this, upgraded your hard drive within the PlayStation, haven't you? I have, but the difference was on PS3 and even PS4, the download speeds were so slow that putting a, a game on download would be like a day. It would be a massive undertaking, especially with patches. Whereas now I can put a game on download, go and make dinner, come back and it's fully done. It's not, it's not a problem anymore. I, I honestly don't see this being an issue. Unless game sizes balloon which I don't think they will. I think they're actually going to get smaller than where they are now because people are going to get used to using the SSD. SSD, yeah. I, I don't see this being a real issue. The only people I can think this can be for is for people that have data caps on their internet, specifically in America where they have so much download that you can actually use, in which case then you download it all over separate times and store it. But that's all I can see this being for. But people are really excited about this online. And honestly, I don't understand it. I think I think the main benefit is it just gives a use to an external HDD. So people that have external HDDs, probably a lot of people who had PS4 in the past probably have an external HDD, actually are able to use it again. And that's why people are quite excited for it. Cause I'm in the same boat as you. I don't see the point. My internet's busted good. I can install a game in 20 minutes. I could literally chuck it in rest mode. It'll install. I'll watch an episode of Beyblade. It's done. Spencer, you're quite technical. The, the the PS5 hard drive, it is very different from what you can buy currently on the market, isn't it, when it comes to an external hard drive? And I'm sure you can speak to the specifics of kind of like, what is the PS5 hard drive compared to what, what you can get on the external market? Yeah, basically the, the current PS5 has an SSD, which I think 
is 5.5 gigabytes per second, maybe. It might be higher, it might be lower, I'm not entirely sure. What I'm trying to say is, I think this is a premature kind of like announcement based on the hardware that's available currently to the public. I think if you could get a hard drive that's comparable to what's potential, what's actually in the, the PS5 currently, then this wouldn't be an issue. I think that's a really good point, actually, because there is an expansion slot for the SSD, which isn't active currently. And the reason for that is because they're saying they haven't tested the SSDs that are on the market at the moment, and they don't benchmark up to the PS5's SSD. So until we get them approve that, they're not going to make the SSD compatible. So this is like kind of a stopgap solution for those that want it. Yeah, I can give I can give a bit more of a technical explanation there. Basically, the slot on the PS5 is an NVMe port, and NVMe SSDs don't currently exist that run at the same speed as the PS5 SSD. It's a one-of-a-kind SSD. No PC has it at the moment. It does not exist. So until those NVMe SSDs exist that can run at the same speed, they will be available for the PS5, provided they give the software update for it as well but it will also be available for pcs at the same time i'd imagine yeah because of course when you were looking at you know all the generations of consoles and you were looking at external hard drives you would literally just buy a a pc hard drive and just plug it in it would just be fine wouldn't it but when we're talking about ps5 they're on a higher echelon of what's the current standard of pc so that's the reason they don't want to be using an external hard drive for current games. I can understand storage, but currently running the hard drive, there's a difference in speed there. It's hard to explain because PCs currently, the new meta for PCs anyway, is the NVMe SSDs. Those are currently the best things you can buy for PCs. And a lot of people are buying them because they are the fastest SSDs you can buy. A lot of people have them in their laptops, their computers, if they're doing gaming. So it makes sense for them to try to use them in this console just to keep it on par with PC gaming in the future. Because PC, by the end of the life cycle of a console, PC is usually leaps ahead. So this, I think this is PlayStation trying to future-proof their console. And I think it's smart. The next point I want to bring up, boys, is the new cross-gen social features that they've added in this update. So basically now, PS4 and PS5 players can share play together when in the same party. This means that PS4 players can now view a PlayStation 5 player screen and even try out their PlayStation 5 games from their PS4 through SharePlay and vice versa. So you can even have them control a second controller and grant them the ability to play a PS5 co-op game with you on their PS4. So if you have, say, the PS5 version of Overcooked, but no one to play it with, and your mate has a PS4, you can SharePlay, they take control of a virtual controller, and then you're playing a PS5 game together, even though they don't have access to the console. What do you boys think of this? Do we know, do these games have to be cross-generational? Or or can they be any PS5 game? So we're, we're moving up to Returnal now, which is an exclusive PS5 game. Will this be on those features? Any PS5 game, even if it's not cross-gen, a PS4 player can share play and take control of it. Well, it, it it says in the update, doesn't it? This means PS4 players can now view a PlayStation 5 player screen and even try out their PS5 games from their PS4 through SharePlay and vice versa. And it's all yeah. to do with the Gaikai infrastructure that they introduced, which powers PS Now. It is essentially that. It's essentially the closest thing we've got to having PS5 games on PS Now. It is that. And I suppose for us in real life application, I looked at this and I thought, who's this for, right? 
what's the impact on this? But sure. we've run into this issue before with Mortal Kombat, where I was trying to show Phil our screen while we were in a, a cross-generation lobby, and it just didn't work. And I suppose there is that. For me personally, I don't really care about this. This isn't something that I'm going to be using too often. Most of my friend base now have moved on to the PlayStation 5, so it's not really an issue for me. But if you've got somebody who's finding it hard to get a PS5, at least you can show them the game and they can have a little go on it. It's a nice way for a little bit of marketing at the very least. Davey, your friend base is me and Spencer, and we have both <laughs> PS5. Savage. But, Absolutely fucking savage. But what I'm saying I have other is, friends what? outside this podcast, you know. Do you? One or two. Your dad don't... I'm gutted my mic was muted because I pissed Your dad don't there. count. Come on. But what I'm saying is what happens if I didn't upgrade the PS5, right? Could I just, you know, see all your games? Would that be fine? You know, could I, could I sit on my PS4 in my office and, and, and see all those games? Yeah. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you yeah. could literally take over the control and have a go on it. So what, what, what was the point in me buying a PS5 if all those better games could work on my PS4? Very good. Very good point. The difference is you're talking about latency in this. So latency on PlayStation for, for, with the share play is fucking massive. I took over Willard's game to play a little bit of Bloodborne before and just to try out his build and have a little go and it becomes so unplayable when it's something that you need some actual proper control for so it's fine to get a little flavor but you can feel the latency in there and it's certainly not an ideal solution and it certainly doesn't take over from what the actual console can do and the textures and the visuals are muddied down quite a lot it's not the same as it was if you were playing it natively. Also, adding on to that point, seeing as you're playing on a PS4, playing a PS5 game, obviously you don't have a dual sense in hand. So that game could use the adaptive triggers and have the feedback brilliantly that you're playing, but you won't get to experience that. So you are literally playing a dumbed-down version of the game. Even though it's the full game, tried and true, you won't get the experience that developers intended because you'll be missing out on the added features of the controller. So, like playing the PS4 version of Miles Morales compared to the PS5 version of Miles Morales. That with latency, With latency yeah. and Quite with literally. muddier graphics, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if that's a thing I could accept. Well, no. To but... play newer games. Well, no. If I could well, if I could sit on my PS4 and not pay 500-odd quid to upgrade to a newer console and just be okay with this... Well, that's why they're trying to get you to buy a PS5. Exactly. And the whole point of it really is just so you can say to a mate, oh, look at this hype thing or look at this. And it's just a way for you to share something quick with a mate or be like, oh, look at this and try this. See how this feels for you. That's all it is. It's, it's a nice little feature, but it's a feature. And it just means now that with the PS4 and PS5, especially where not everyone's been able to upgrade to the new hardware, it's something that you could be like, oh, bro, look at this. Look at how awesome this looks right now. Or have a little go on this. But it's not like, here's an eight-hour experience. Take over my PlayStation 5 for eight hours while I just sit here and watch you play it. <laughs> that's, that's not it, you know? That's not what it's about. No, I, I know. I'm going, to, I'm going to the extremes with my argument here. But it does feel that the PS4 and the PS5 are quite close to Very. be able to manage 
that kind of transition between the two versions of the game because you couldn't have this with previous generations because no, it's this, always been no. an issue with the step up with PlayStation. Xbox, they've got that down, right? They understand the cross-generational kind of jump between their games. But PlayStation, they've always struggled with this. So I'm really glad that PlayStation are pushing that PS4, PS5 kind of like transition between games. It's, it's, it's kind of weird in a sense because it kind of feels like Sony aren't trying to leave the PlayStation 4. It feels like they're kind of trying to combine the two into one generation, which is strange. Like maybe this means in the future we'll be seeing a lot of games be cross-gen and they'll try to keep the PS4 alive, but I don't want that. I personally think the PlayStation are looking at the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5 as current gen. They're not moving from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 and just thinking, done. They still look at PlayStation 4 and they still see opportunities there. There's a mass market, people own PS4, so we still got to market to them, we still got to give them opportunities. We're going to give newer games to PS5, so we're going to push people to move up the generation, of course, like we always do. But we still got to value those existing customers. And that's PS4. I started listening to you and I was going to be firing Broomstone. But I end up agreeing with you. You're totally right. Yeah, I Most mean, when you've do. got when you've got 120 odd plus million PlayStation 4 users, you can't just abandon them. Now, when I say abandon them, when it comes to games, fucking bin them off, right? I've made that abundantly clear how I feel about how the generations need to split in terms of games, but in terms of marketing, which is what you said, Phil, market to them, get them to upgrade, and that's exactly what this helps to do. If you can synergize between your friends list on PS4 and PS5, it means that you're just going to bring them forward into the next generation instead of them saying, fuck this, I'm going to Xbox. You want to keep them there. So I completely agree with you. If you can show them what the the next generation is on their current gen, perfect. You've done it, yeah. Exactly right. Perfect, yeah. Exactly right. It's great. I love it. So boys, my next point for the PlayStation update is the game base improvements. Gamebase now allows for quicker access to what the user deems important in terms of content and features. Friends and parties are now separated to grant easier access to either. You can also disable notifications for specific parties. What do you boys think? Spence, I think we had an issue recently with this. Where there was just too many notifications and kind of messages in kind of like group chats. Sure. Does the does this eliminate that problem that you had? I will tell you. My game base friends thing pissed me off. It was the only issue I had with game base. It's fixed the issue. It's amazing now. It's actually so blessed. I hated the fact that it was parties and then friends in one set list, and you couldn't do anything about it. That's that's really good to hear because it's fixed it. I like I never used online on ps4 right so i am brand new on ps5 but online sure but as soon as you mentioned that i went through my phone because the phone is the superior way to access kind of like online for playstation and i was like what are all these chats they're all over the place from playing with you guys online for playing like revenant for playing zombie hitler 27 84 you know all those games that we play like i was just like what are these and if this solves it, I cannot wait because that needed to happen because that was bollocks. I don't swear a lot on this podcast. Apparently, I do. Laura tells me I do, but that was <laughs> I that was bollocks. 
It was, it was. And I tell you, I, I really enjoy going through my friends list and seeing what people are playing right now. I really do. And I do too. So Perfect. having it separated now, a bit of a voyeur with that, you know, going through and seeing, seeing what they're doing without them knowing I'm looking. I really enjoy it. The point of it is, I really like having that separated now. It is a lot better. It is a lot better. So the next point I have to bring up is the game chat improvements. So basically, it is now easier to disable in-game chat. And also, this is the biggest thing in my opinion, it's now possible to change the audio levels of specific members of the party that you are in. What are your thoughts, Phil? That's probably a good thing because I've had enough of the bullshit that Davey feeds me, right? When I'm playing a game, the tips that you give me, Spence, are spot on. Yeah, but Davy literally leads me up the garden path with a lot of this. So I'm quite glad for this because I can just mute Davy down and, you know, put you up on the volume and hopefully I'll improve. Yeah, David's the kind of guy that tells you to shoot into the water, you know? And I'm the kind of guy that tells you to save first. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know if anyone knows what that was a reference to. If anyone wants to say the name, then you know, good for you. But I think I think this was a brilliant addition to the PlayStation whole user update because we had issues before where Davey switched to a new headset or a new mic system, whatever it was, and Davey was extraordinarily loud and you, Phil, you were quite quiet. And the issue we had was that Game Chat was a single entity. So I either turned Davey down, which would make you even more quiet, or turned you up, which would make Davey even louder. That was a nightmare. Now, meet in the middle, I can change you both. It is perfect. For years... PC gamers have had this option, right? To turn people down. From 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 Ventrilo to TeamSpeak to Discord. People TeamSpeak was the best. People have always had this option. They have. PlayStation like ten years behind on this. They are, yeah. Right? This is mental that this is the first time this has been introduced. I mean, Sony is shit with their software, right? But then you also have to think have you seen have you seen what Nintendo does in terms of voice chat in game? No, mate, because Right. Basically, I'll explain it very quickly. I saw Davey about to inject. Fuck him. There's a very quick We've turned him down, thing. Spence. It's it's one of the features on Discord and, and what true. I'm over recording. On on. Basically, you have to plug an adapter into your switch, plug that adapter, which has two outputs, into your phone and into your headset. Use the phone for voice chat, and the headset connects to the phone and the switch, so you get both audios into the headset. It's mad. And even then, I don't think you can turn down individual people. Absolutely madness. So I'm really glad that Sony has caught up with the PC crowd with this one. Sony doesn't require free devices (laughs) to use voice chat. We're we're talking of very extreme measures here, aren't we? PC at the top, where you've got complete control... Nintendo, where you've got literally zero and main Nintendo. So, Nintendo so PlayStation have NES, PlayStation have moved up slightly, haven't they? Here, but it's still not industry standard. You you've got to have complete control over audio. I do, I personally, I don't think console voice chat will be perfect until they just say fuck it and just add Discord to consoles. So for my next point, boys, it's pre-downloads. So you can now pre-install an update to a game before its official release. This means that when the update goes live, it will immediately switch the version of the game you're playing to the most current patch of the game. 
allowing you to play the most current version of a video game the moment of the update's release. The next one, the next one's the shortest fucking thing in the world, you ready? You're gonna love this one, this one's huge. Massive patch, you ready? Screen zoom. You can now zoom into the screen if you ever wanted to for some reason. Yeah. The next point is about the game library customization, which I think is pretty big, not gonna lie. I've actually played around with this feature quite a bit. You can now hide specific games from your library, making it easier to find the content you want to play. I think that's great because I haven't been a subscriber to PS Plus for very long. But it's a lot of bollocks that they make you download. And it's quite nice to look at your game library and go, there's a game I've played, there's a game I've played, there's a game I've played, there's a game I like, there's a game I want to play. And there's all these mini games that I do not want to play, I do not want to touch. Hide. Personally, I don't care about this. I like them all being on display. It doesn't take much to scroll through them all. I thought you, I thought you no, liked this. No, I don't care. Like, I, I like scrolling through them all. And I really like going back through the entire library and seeing, oh, I haven't played this or I have played this. It doesn't bother me. It really doesn't bother me at all. So it's a nice feature for those that want it. For me, not really too much of a feature. I can say the biggest benefit for me anyway is that me and you, Davey, you've screen shared. Say you try out a game on PS Now and you ask me to watch. I'll watch, obviously, and we screen share. For some fucking reason, that then adds that game to my library. Oh. I don't have access to it. It's locked, but it adds it to my library. That's a good point. So I've gone through, yeah, I've gone through my entire library. I've hidden all of the PS Now games that I've never played because I never had it because you showed them to me. And also, now that we're on the PS5, there are some titles that aren't compatible with the PS5. Namely, Marvel Avengers PS4. It said it wasn't compatible, and Gravity Rush 2. So I've hidden both of those from my library as well, because I never could have played them to begin with. So this feature for me is quite nice, just because of the way you and I yeah, play our Yeah, that's games. a good point. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that with PlayStation Now. And you're right, because I've got Alter Beast there forever showing me that I've played it. And so <laughs> that is annoying, but it doesn't really overly bother me. It's like a little memory jogger more than anything else. I've actually tried these games, so I don't mind it. But I can, I, I, I'm on board sure. with that. The next thing, which I imagine Davey might have a bit to say about, is the trophy update. You can now specify which class of trophy will cause the PlayStation 5 to record a clip and a screenshot. So you can choose to only capture the platinum of a game, for example. There's also a new trophy stats screen where you can view a summary of your trophy level and status at a glance. David will go to you first. What are your thoughts? It's a half step, okay? It's not even a half step. It's a fucking... It's a step, okay? It's a it's nano step. It's fucking mate. ridiculous. I will preference here and just say, I like the ability now to only turn on the game capture when I get a platinum trophy. And I've done that because I was using up loads of my hard drive space from trophies pinging, so I turned that feature off immediately, turned it off day one of the PlayStation 5. So having it just for a platinum, it means it can be like a special little video. Although, I'm pretty sure that in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to end up turning that feature off as well. Because normally the last trophy you need on a platinum is normally something fucking boring. So it's not going to be something hype, you know? It's going to be something like, you've just collected the last mushroom in this level, so here we go, now the platinum's going to pop. <laughs> it's going to be something bollocks, rather than it being something actually fucking awesome to watch back. So... 
I'm probably going to end up turning it off in the future, but I do like that feature. Now, my biggest issue with trophies is they displayed horizontal. Why? I went back on my PS4 only a couple of weeks back, and it is so clean to look and scroll through a whole trophy list. Here, being horizontal is so annoying. It's so annoying to find what you're looking for. You can only see them one by one instead of seeing the entire list and scrolling through it. Change that, Sony. What the fuck are you doing? I do not understand it, let alone what I'm going to rant about in probably a couple of minutes after we finish this entire section. Go vertical, for God's sake, it was perfect before. So annoying. So annoying. Personally, I think your opinion would be different if PS4 wasn't horizontal. Wasn't vertical, you mean? So you're saying my opinion would be different if they designed it worse to begin with. Yes, you're right. If they designed it worse to begin with, then my opinion would be unchanged. But the fact they had perfected it earlier... I don't think it's worse. And then made it worse going into this. It's insane. It's actual insanity. It actually is. And we'll talk about this with trophies shortly. So I will pause. What I'm saying is, wait till PS6 when it's diagonal. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. After that, then, PS7, we do button combos to access uh, our trophy list. (laughs) To access trophies. That'd be even better. What about this, Phil? You're obviously uh, not trophy mad like me and Spencer. are. What are your opinions on this? Any any thoughts at all, or are you just quite indifferent? To be honest, I don't think it matters. I don't think many people are trophy hunters. Most people value games for the content that the games produce, you know? It's, it's quite interesting to, to value the story. I don't think trophies are as as big as you boys think. I think that's just something that a loser would say. Trophies give you a reason to explore the game beyond the story. That's my view of it. I don't it. feel like they do. They do. Unless it's... Right. So I, I can play My Name is Mayor, right? It's a, it's, a, oh, it's, a, it's a cheap game that I can just button bash and I can get X trophy. And then I can play The Witcher, what, 70, 80 hours and get trophy, which is worth more. They're the same because they're trophies. How, do, how does that... Like, matter. The rest of it is all built you... up on how big your dick is. And I think if you've got, if you've got a My Name is Mayo trophy, no one's going to say to you, you've got that big fucking swinging dick, right? But if you've got that Wolfenstein, that Mine Leben trophy, you're going to walk in anyway, and that is a panty dropper platinum right there. Like, people are going to be dropping them left, right, and center for that. Whereas if you walk into a bar and you'd be like, hey, uh, how's it going? I got that. My Name is Mayo 2 platinum. They'd boot you out, right? They'd boot you out and chuck a bottle of Lambrini on your head. That's not my rules. That's just the rules of life, okay? And that's that's how trophies work. And so if you don't want to take part in the race, that's fine. But you've got to realise that you're just a fucking loser. I, I personally, I've not had that panty dropper experience when it's I It's because you've only got seven talk- platinums, Phil. You've got, to, you've got to start upping it a little bit, you know? When I talk to a girl and I say, you know, like my boast is that I've got... Seven platinums, or I've got twelve platinums, or it's I've got shit yeah, it's platinums. a shit boast. It's like or, saying, "Oh yeah, or, I got a three-inch knob." Or I've no got one's going to care about that. You platinums, know? you know that that isn't my first go-to, you know, boast. I, but I if think. you had that, if you had that massive dong in twelve-inch dong, right, and and you're walking up and saying, "Yeah, I got a twelve-inch absolute monster," down there, that's like saying, "Oh, I got seventy-eight platinums," like yours truly, you know. It's just it's a big deal. And so people are really? going to take 
Really? Take notice of that. And they'll be like, oh, you know, this guy. Crack out the good grade, all right? Crack out crack out that nineteen that nineteen seventy bottle of Dom Perignon we got in the back for this guy. Get the John Dom Julio out. Whereas somebody who's like, Oh yeah, I got seven platinums, uh they'd be like, Chuck this small dick out. Get him out. Get out out They'd be like chucking you with a broom behind, you know? And so I cannot wait to be as cool as you, Davey. I wish I had happen? I wish I had more platinums. <laughs> If if only there was a way to buy platinums and pay two pound odd for an easy game. We know those don't count. Okay, so Spencer's platinums, even though as soon as he does catch up to me eventually, right, with his free time he's got, then that's when we start getting into the minutiae and we start comparing, right? And that's what happens then, okay? You know, you get two monsters in a room, you gotta start comparing them, okay? And <laughs> And that, and that's just, and that's just the, that's just the way it goes, you know. That's just the rule of the rule of the land. I, I mean, I don't make these rules, okay. So, boys, those are all the features that were added in the new update. What are your boys' thoughts, and what would you have preferred instead of some of these features? Because not a lot of them, screen zoom, were great. I mean, we're six months ish into the PlayStation 5's life cycle. There's a certain couple of things that I'm just really missing. The first is, why can't you add trophies onto the quick access menu? Why? Why do I still have to go all the way to the right, all the way up to the profile, and go onto trophies that way? So annoying. Add onto this when we're on the section of trophies that, as I said before, they're horizontal, not vertical. So annoying. When you compare trophies, they go vertical to make it easier to view them all. So doesn't that show you that makes it easier to view them all? Like, where's the rationale there? Next, when you go to view a secret trophy, why don't I just press square? Why do I have to press options and then press square? Why? That's one thing I hate, yeah. The entire thing is just so frustrating. There's like menus into menus into menus to view stuff, basic stuff for trophies that was basic on PS4. Going to compare someone else's trophy list to yours is way extra steps than it needs to be. It's all this can be just easily fixed. And that is my biggest bugbear with PS5. It's so annoying. The game base improvements and all that is great and I really enjoy all that. But I want a customizable quick access menu. That's all I want. So for people that don't care about trophies, they can keep it as, as, as it is. Or they can add stuff that appeals to them. But for me, I want to be able to add trophies into that mix because that is one of the most important features of PlayStation for me. I literally, I agree with everything except your first point, which is the trophies on the game base and the annoyance of scrolling all the way to the right. And that's just because, and I've said it to you in the past before, once you've gone onto your profiles and hit trophies on there, the next time you go to your quick access menu during that session it will put you on profiles immediately. You don't have to scroll right again. You don't have to go all the way over. And it is annoying. Trophies should just be there. It is. It would be nicer. But I don't think it's that much of a hindrance. Personally. What if I'd gone on Spence and just thought, oh, I'll go check out Game Base, right? And I'll, oh, I'll, I'll go on to Game Base and I'll have a little look and see who's playing. And then I think, actually, I'm doing this now. How many treasures have I got? Have I got 41, 20, 45? And then I have to go back, exit out of Game Base, go all the way to the right, go all the way back to trophies. Like, why can't I just have it there on that same quick access menu? 
That that's that's my problem. Like we all know you can actually customize it to a point, isn't it? On the bottom yeah. bar. You, yeah. can, you can press that button and there's options what you can include and what you can't include in that. But what I'm trying to say to you guys is, do you think Sony are devaluing trophies by not allowing you in that bar? They're not allowing you to have that option, are they? And they're thinking, do you know, trophies, are they that important to PlayStation users? Maybe. There's an argument there. I mean, they used to do stuff on PlayStation where they, they used to have different competitions where depending on your platinum level and depending on your gamer level, you'd be able to exchange those for different points or different prizes. And those were really cool little things that they had for like a couple of months in a year. And they did that for like a number of years and they were always awesome. And they quickly realized not all platinums are valued the same. Well, there is that. But it was it was also a case of they just stopped doing that kind of stuff. And for me, someone who loves trophies, and there is a lot of us in the PlayStation ecosystem, I mean... Websites like PSTrophies.net and uh, PowerPix and all these, they, they revolve on these people uh, like me and Spencer. And so we're not, a, we're not a small breed. There is a large number of us out there that this is important to them. And not catering to that is just annoying when it was so easy on the previous hardware. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. The game base... It is very, it is customizable, in terms of what's on there. There's no custom customization in terms of what order they're in, which is a massive shame. But my game base at the moment is so minimalistic. I literally have three things on there, I think at most, and it's just the essential things that they don't let you take off. And that's because I did have streaming on there, broadcasting. I realized I could just double tap the share, or I could just press the share button and broadcast from there. I don't even need it. So I literally, my game base is maybe three things. So scrolling over the profile and hitting trophies takes a fraction of a second. So I don't really have the same issues as you, Davey, but I understand the way your frustration comes from. I do believe if you value trophies, they should be utter click of a button. They should be, they should be ready for you, shouldn't they? Because that's what they're trying to push you towards with games. If that's what you love in games, if, if you're hunting trophies, that should be the easiest thing going. Because how many how many generations have we had with with trophies? PS3, PS4, PS5, and PS Vita. Yeah. Why haven't they got that right? But why have they gone back? What what's the decision to go back? Are they devaluing trophies, or are they just saying, you know, like this this doesn't matter to us. This doesn't matter to us. There's not so many people hunting trophies that there was on PS3. There was on PS4. I don't think it's that. I think it's just an oversight. You think Sony are making a mistake on this? Do you think they're 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 looking over the people who like trophies? They're looking at the data and they're going, "Do you know what? The people who want to hunt trophies, kind of forget about them. That doesn't matter to us." I think they're just thinking about, "Oh, what's the best experience for kind of everyone?" And then overlooking what makes the hardcore really get the most out of the platform. And I, I think that's what they're doing. They're just kind of overlooking the absolute hardcore, the people who actually own the system right now. This, this is the thing. How many people really are going to use this, this fucking clicking zoom feature? Like, why is that there, but not having customizable game base? And it might be, yeah, that's more work to do. That's not my fucking problem. That's your problem to sort. I'm just looking at Nintendo. Have they got trophies? No. No, Nintendo. Xbox. Nothing. What have they got? 
They got game up. They got they get game up points. Achievements. Do people care about that? Do they yeah. talk about that? I don't know. Well, I'll probably have to ask Potato Chief on that. Back when I was a kid, they did because I remember I had TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it was a free one thousand gamer score. Free. You could is do that it an like important class. thing? I I know on Steam that's that people don't care. No. So is that a PlayStation thing that people love? The thing is, the difference is that Xbox has game score and Steam has achievements, sure. But there's no platinum, you know? There's nothing. There's no reward for achieving all of them. You just get the game score, that whatever the game rewards, but there's no trophy to say you've done this. When was the last time anyone on your Steam account, especially you play PC, said, oh, I've got, I've, I've got X? It doesn't matter, you know? I'm just saying PlayStation is very separate to that ecosystem, isn't it? Where platinums, they're valued. They are valued. They are, definitely. You see, like, stories where people are like, oh, I've got, like, the guy who's got his, like, thousandth platinum, and he's got yeah, it in the X, yeah. you know? Like, you see those score stories, don't you, on, like, circulating on news networks, but you don't mm. see, like, mm. this guy's hit his 7,000th Steam. You've never seen anything on Steam. You've never seen anything on Xbox. But PlayStation is the place where people want to get platinums. It's true. It's true. My friend, I do have a friend called Calum. Uh, he actively goes for achievements on Steam and he 100%ed uh, DMC, Dove McCry DMC, the remake, because he loved the game. And I know Steam tried the kind of do the similar thing. They definitely where they introduced did. Steam levels. 100% And you did. earn achievements, you earn points towards your Steam levels. And the higher your Steam level, the more emojis, the more kind of fake rewards you get. But they found out that was frivolous. They they didn't care, didn't they? Because no sure, one cares. It's still like, in there. Yeah, it's still in there. But no one no one cares about that. No. You buy but... a new Steam game, do they really have the Steam card? <laughs> Steam cards. It's a very like separate system, isn't it? Like PlayStation. It's a very separate system. PlayStation is like... the only ecosystem that really pushes this get a platinum, get the hundred percent on a game. Here's all the extra bits that you get from. Yeah, to me, platinums. I'm I'm a PC gamer as well, but platinums just or like trophies themselves just feel so different from achievements because you can 100% a game on Steam, get all the achievements, but then there's no nothing to tell you you've 100%ed it. Whereas PlayStation will be like, "Well done, you earned your platinum," yeah. and you'll be like, "Yes, thank you, thank you, Sony. I earned this platinum." That's the point I'm trying to make. With, yeah. with Sony, you get that recognition for completing their games. You get that reward with it. So there's a need to do this. This is why Davey loves it. This is why Davey's got 70, 30, whatever. The number he boasts. He loves this, right? But no, it's true. It's like you get a nice little email and they say, oh, well done on Platinum in X. Here's yeah. this skin or here's this, you know, here's this icon, whatever it is. And it's that's not the reason for it. The reason for it really is like, it's kind of, it's like what you said before, Phil. It's a badge of honor for a game that you've really enjoyed. And it's a way to 100%. really sign it off and close close the chapter on it. There's nothing more satisfying getting the platinum on the game and just immediately deleting it off your system. There's nothing more satisfying than that. Call of Duty, mate. Yeah. Nothing. This is the reason I've done it on such games as the game we can't mention, you know, Death Stranding I've done it on. You know, those bigger games. Little Big Planet. I've hit those marks, right? Because I love those games. And I want to be, I suppose, known to you boys and known to the listeners that I've gone to those extents of completing those games. But I think on other ecosystems, 
it matters way less. Yeah, I think that's totally right. I agree. I think I that's agree. totally right. And I think that's why I feel so strongly as I do in that I want somebody to fix this so quickly because to me, it doesn't matter an awful lot because it's how I interact with the ecosystem. And sure, people don't feel that way, but that's why you make it customizable. And that's why you give people the options to be able to say, yeah, I want to put it in there or no, I don't care about this. And they can make that choice. But if you don't give them that choice, then you're just going to anger those people that actually do care about it. And that's why I feel so passionate about it. All about choice, mate. So PlayStation are launching a video streaming service. Uh, Sony PlayStation Plus Video Pass is a test service that is launching in Poland only. It gives PS Plus users access to 20 plus movies and TV shows from Sony Pictures. No words on whether they're going to, you know, expand this to further markets. Um, But what's important to notice here, that Sony owns Funimation and Crunchyroll. So they've got a lot of content. Would you want to see a Sony streaming service? Of course, you've got Netflix, you've got your Amazon services. Would you want this as an extra service? I, I appreciate it as an extra service because obviously it's just something we get. It's nice. I'm never going to turn down something for free. Sure. Never. Sure. Never in my life. It's like having a free freaking red stripe in a pub. As much as it tastes like piss, you're like, cheers, mate. It's nice. But Spence, right? If you already subscribe to PS Plus, as we all do, why wouldn't you welcome it? You know, I'm a Amazon subscriber because I want the delivery. But Amazon Prime Video, Mr. Robot is fucking incredible. I don't know if you've ever watched that. Incredible. I haven't. I want it. It is absolutely incredible. I push every one of our listeners watch Mr. Robot. You've got Amazon Music. That all comes with the service. There's all these added extras. If Sony can add this to PS Plus without an additional charge, love it. I literally, I didn't really care about this at all until I realized, as you said, they own both Funimation and Crunchyroll. Incredible. For yeah. me, as a fan of anime, which obviously I know me and Davey are, I'm not sure about you, Phil. This is huge for me. I pay for Crunchyroll. And so if they said, if they turned around and they said, look, what we're going to do is we're going to roll in a Crunchyroll subscription or we're going to give you X number of free days as part of this. Or we're going to give select series for free to PlayStation Plus users. Awesome. Right, cool. Awesome. Added value. Added value. P- Love it. Personally, I'd prefer them to say, look, what we're going to do is we're going to roll PS Now into it. No. That's, that that's the, no that's that's the play. That's what you do. No shot. You literally turn around and you say, okay, we're going to roll PlayStation Now into it and you get two different verticals. You pay X amount for having PS Now and PlayStation Plus together or you just pay X amount for PlayStation Plus, right? And it's like a discounted version for both services together and that is your answer to Game Pass Ultimate. Game Pass, That's the play. That's what you do. I think it's awesome if PS Plus bolsters that opportunity here and gives you that Funimation crunchy roll that the majority are going to love. They already subscribe to that. So, you know, pushing those subscription methods together, they're gonna, they've got that longevity, haven't they? My only argument 
to this entire thing is, I don't see anybody complaining about the value we get with PlayStation Plus. Like you used to, Phil, before you had the service. But most people don't. You think about PlayStation Plus and you think about the amount of games that you get over the entire year. I would not complain about Amazon just being the the delivery. But they give you the video. They give you the, you know, they give you the photo service. They give you the music. And that's why everyone always subscribes to them. True. But then at the same point, when you've got your competitor who offers a service where you can combine their Xbox Game Pass Gold, their Xbox Gold with their Game Pass, which their Game Pass is a much better service than PS Now, you need to compete on that front. That's that's what I think is the, is the thing that's going to add value to it rather than going down a, we're going to chuck some random bullshit in that no one really cares about, but it's a nicer feature. But but does Game Pass give anything to do with like a TV service? But what is what this? Is get? this 2013 what, fucking what, Xbox? What do they get? Who cares what about fucking get? TV? This is my argument. Like, who the fuck really cares about TV? Is someone going to say, oh, love... Time to cancel the fucking Disney Plus. Time to cancel the fucking Netflix. We've got Sony PlayStation Plus now. Like, no one's ever going to fucking do that. So No, because everyone has got to have Netflix. Everyone's got to have Amazon. And everyone now has got to have Disney Plus because we all want to know what's happening with the Avengers. Right. The the thing is, right, the difference is, obviously they own Crunchyroll and Funimation. You have a Crunchyroll subscription... If Crunchyroll is now free with PS Plus, you're cancelling your Crunchyroll subscription. If you can bundle those subscriptions, the offering feels better, doesn't it? So your point of would you you wouldn't cancel your Netflix and Prime subscription is mute because you're getting it for free. Obviously, you won't replace your Netflix and Prime with Funimation because it's different. You want those shows. True, that's very true. But my whole point overall is that nobody's going to complain about the value that you get with PlayStation Plus. They're not. The PlayStation Plus subscription is absolutely fantastic. It's it's superb. So it's one of the best values in gaming overall. But when you've got a competitor that's bringing something like Game Pass and you've got a service like PS Now, this is where you bundle it. This is where you bundle it and you make it worth something. That's the play. I completely agree with you. I'm just laughing because I see Phil's laughing, disagreeing with you. However, I do want to add that PS Plus for the year that we bought Phil was how much? 30 quid? Yeah. 30 quid and Oddworld Soulstorm costs £45. Is it now? It does. Yeah, it does. I, so I you're probably, laughing saying it's not I worth the money. Have, but I probably is. wouldn't have bought it for 45 would I? Come on. You were already saying reckon? earlier in the podcast that you would have bought it. I would have bought it, but definitely not 45 Ah, would you have? 17, you've, 17 you've levels, isn't it? You've got Final Fantasy VII there that you never played before. Well, that is very true. And you had a good it's couple of hours with Marquette. You love that. And <laughs> Revenant. You've played Revenant. Revenant's been for... Revenant, Revenant loads of hours Revenant. of Revenant. And you're two months into this subscription, Phil. You've got another 10 to go. PS Plus is worth the money. It's, it just is. My opinion with subscription services is once you, once you stop your subscription, you lose the games. Right? If I chose to cancel my subscription, I would lose access to those games. And that's the reason why I'm pretty negative on subscription services. Because I, I am an owner, right? I have a wall full of games. 
I have a wall full of DVDs. And no one's going to take those away from me. But if I cancel my PS Plus, if I cancel my Netflix, I would lose all those games. I would lose all those DVDs. I would lose all those movies. And that's my argument with PS Plus. Most of the movies that probably me and the people I'm friends with, like niche movies, right? They're not all going to be yeah. going for the the triple A's or, or, you know, the movies that are out in the, the big cinema movies, right? The people at their retirement home, yeah. It's hard to watch Doris Day movies now, you know? It's, it's hard to find these movies. I mean, you know, for Phil, watching classics like the Resident Evil series... It's hard to find those, so you have to own them. And and I understand that. I, I understand that completely. Can I say, hold on, that's actually a huge point. That's, Resident Evil movies aren't available on any streaming service. So there's a shot, there's a shot for Davey <laughs> because good. he's pressed the button. And there's a shot for Spencer because they both pressed the something button. Oh, Jesus, he's right as well. He's fucking right as well. Look at him. Do you know what? I'm going to give my shot out to you. Go on, Phil. Have your shot on me. You can join us on this. You have both pressed the button. I have, but I'm going to use my That's fine. winning That's fine. point to give to you. That's fine. I'll take my shot. Hang on, can I just say, Davey mentioned it, so he pushed a button, then it was not. That's true. Spence is out of, Spence fine. Is out of the loop on this. So I've got a shot. So Spence. Don't, mate. I'm bev you, to shit. You've got to take that shot. Hey. Mate. I just necked with my all in this together. I need a shot glass. I'm so bad. Can't believe I hit the fucking Resident Evil button. I can't believe I hit yeah, it. Yeah, I twice. can't believe I accepted it as well. I can't believe I just accepted it as well. I literally said Resident Evil right after you. Ooh, so that's it, lads. We've all just finished off. So the button is back active and we are just about to end this podcast. So just before we do. Spence, I haven't heard your opinion on this. What are you? What are your thoughts? Do you think this is something that is worth Sony pursuing, or do you think they should spend their efforts in different avenues? Like I feel, I would rather them spend it in different avenues, but I'm grateful that they're pursuing it anyway. Just because obviously it's a little test. They're just doing it in Poland, strictly just for Poland. And they're going to add. It says new contents every three months. We're not entirely sure about that. But if they just add what they can and it works out, it makes sense to add it to other areas. I don't think it would hinder what they're planning to do for gaming in the future all too much. But the biggest thing for me is just if they do add Funimation and Crunchyroll, because if it gives me access to Crunchyroll and Funimation, fam, that's My Hero Academia, that's Attack on Titan, that's Rising of the Shield Hero Season 2, which is coming out soon. Big dick moves. It's big, big moves. Mate, that's fucking big left testicle moves. Exactly. Well, I think on that note, it's time for us to end the podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. Throughout this podcast, as we've said before, there's loads of ways you can interact with this show. You can write into the email, psweetrust at gmail.com. You can jump on our Reddit and interact with our hosts. Of course, the URL will be posted in the description. Or... Just reach out to us on Twitter at NPSWeTrust. Also, you can reach out to our individual Twitters, DM or response. And please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts as 
it benefits us greatly. And that's it for the show, guys. Thank you ever so much for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Shout out as well to Team Alabama. Now, I've been Davey. I've been Phil. Hashtag Team Texas. Let's go! And I've been Team Washington. Spend pie. Spencer. Spencer. That's the one. Spencer. Yes, that's me. Take care, guys. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at ssjdavey, at philiphoy, at spenpie underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.